and uh, what's the latest on the the tropics that uh, potential storm out there. That info is coming up in just a second. Right now, though, let's get some headlines at 7.30 with... Important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing? That on switch there on the microphone. I think we're all a little slow. When it's darker outside and rainy, everyone's a little bit slower. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've got like three off. different three different mute buttons, but yes. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. What's happening? All this right, so let's talk about big news. Um, of course, the biggest one this morning is the government. The Pat government re- remains intact. Um, the uh, opposition and the PPM were not able to pull off a vote of no confidence. So um, it was interesting. Lots of interesting tidbits in Parliament yesterday. We're going to de- deep dive into some of that this morning, but uh, the bottom line is they still maintained their position. Hmm. It, it was, it was, you know, we knew that they needed 13 and they just didn't get 13. Mm-hmm. And is that All a good right. thing or is that a bad thing? What's your opinion? Um, I think it's a good thing because nobody likes instability, but I think it's a bad thing that we even got to this point. And so we need to talk a little bit about why we've gotten here and it's not the first time there's some forces that are unrelentless and not giving this government their full four years, which is quite unfortunate if you ask me. Mm. Okay. All right. So Offreg has halted fuel sales at Jack's Esso um, two for non-compliance. I've never heard of such a thing happening before. However, um, they have said that the gas station in Northside effective yesterday due to the operator's failure to comply with the remedial notice request will no longer be able to sell fuel. Huh. Which one's uh, Jack's Esso? I think it's the one when you come around that bend in Northside. No, oh. that's the, that's the only one that I can think of in Northside. Hmm. Right, right around almost like in that corner. Anyway, the request was issued to obtain essential data required for the regulator's analysis of the environmental conditions at the site, and the information requested by Offreg would show if there was any leakage in the tanks, which could adve- adversely affect the environment. I can't believe that they wouldn't comply with this. So mm. Offreg has shut them down. No gas sales. If you're going out to Northside, make sure that your tank is full, honey chill. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might get stuck with no gas. Yeah. All right. Former Miss Cayman, Tiffany Connolly, received a six-month uh, suspended sentence. Finally, her matter is over. Um, as of yesterday, <clears throat> Magistrate McFarland handed down, handed down her decision. It was quite interesting, and we're going to do a deep dive on that one as well. So... Does she she go into prison? Oh, suspended. Suspended. No, so suspended. What? Oh, at so. her house. Yeah. So six months no, for two years. No. She just suspended. means that if she does anything in two years, she'll go to jail. Yeah. Oh. If she's back before the court for any well, reason, oh. they will okay. uh, bring her. They will send her. To jail. Well, hopefully, she can free to take go. Honey, this child. Yes, yeah, she's free to go. Free to go. All right. Um, that's what I got for you this morning. All right, Sandy. We'll catch your show coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow for Thursday headlines. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. All right. Good morning, everyone. We got a couple seconds here. Four seconds. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. 
The Cold Hard Truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626 that number again is morning everyone happy wednesday how's everybody doing this beautiful wednesday morning looks like we're in for a little bit of rainy weather today but no problem i ain't got no problem with the rain once y'all know how to drive but alas you don't know how to drive and so we can expect at least a couple fender benders this morning um yes honey jail i can see it coming but um take your time take your time you know slow down there's no need to speed to be a speed demon. We've got some guests coming in the studio this morning, and um, we'll give them a few minutes to get themselves in and sort it out because, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. So much stuff happened yesterday. Whew. Uh, somebody said that they wish I could clone myself, and trust me, yesterday was definitely one of those days where I felt like, yep, this would be a good cloning day if I could clone myself. I would have been in multiple places at the same time. I could have continued the morning show straight up until 10.30. And then I could have been at court for Tiffany's hearing. Uh, By the way, we were the only media house there. So I'll bring you guys updated um, on that in a little bit. And I would have been in parliament as well. So I had to to get creative with how to uh, split my time up. So as you guys know, I left the studio a little bit early, played one of our Cayman Voices segments, and then I um, ran off to court, got there in time. Thankfully, thank God court never really starts on time. Honey, chill. Um, And then I uh, sat there for the verdict, wrote my story, published the story, and then ran across the street in the rain because it was raining. And I said to myself, well... It was really pouring down hard when I got outside. I'm like, when did this rain start? And then one big thunderclap came down. Kapow! I said, oh, my God. Did that just hit somebody in the legislative assembly? Well, wishful thinking on my part. (laughs) No, it didn't hit anybody. But I was thinking, "Mm, maybe it's a warning clap. 
And so um, the rain started to beat just a little bit, but it was still raining. I thought, rain never really killed nobody. What's it going to do to me? You know, it'll flatten on my hair, which, you know, that's going to go flat anyway, because I can't even be bothered. So um, I picked up my stuff and I walked over in the rain. I saw somebody had lost a license plate. By the way, if you were in the vicinity of Butterfield Bank yesterday in town and you lost a license plate, it's probably right there on the side of the road. I would have picked it up and taken a picture to let you know, but my hands were full. I had a computer and a this and a that and a blah, 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 blah. So both hands were full. So I'm sorry, I couldn't help you. But if you if your license plate fell off yesterday and you were in town close to um, Butterfield, that's probably exactly where it is, right on the side of the road. I don't know why these... um why these license plates, um, obviously Zeus thought I was moving the mat over for him to sleep on it when it's actually for my foot. Excuse me, Zeus, can you please scoot over? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why these license plates just fall off so quickly. My goodness. Mm-mm-mm. What a hot mess. Anyway, let's uh, say good morning to everyone. Miss Vernita is in the house. Good morning, Miss Vernita. Let me send out the links to everyone as well. I see you guys are here for the sus. And we're going to give it to you. We're going to do a deep dive analysis on what went down in the Legislative Assembly yesterday. Honey child, I was trying to keep up. I did go there eventually. And so we're going to talk about my observations while I was live. Um, so yes, Ms. Vernita, good morning. Robert, how are you, my love? So um, she's saying unity. Well, we're going to do, we're going to do a deep dive on unity this morning. Miss Olivia's here. Good morning to Debbie. Wee Wee's in the house. Wee Wee, I've missed you. Where have you been? Haven't seen you in a minute. OJ Evans Jr., good morning to you, my dear. He says, sad morning for Cayman. Well, it's sad in more ways than one, unfortunately. But we'll talk about it, OJ. Yes, honey chair. Shaka Zulu, good morning to you. Child with a purpose, beautiful uh, Wednesday morning. So good to see you. We've got Miss Juanita in the house. Good morning, my dear. Diamond Princess has it locked, of course. Miss Morna is here. Uh, all my regular students are here this morning. So good to see you guys. Miss Bonnie joining us from East End. Um, you, she's here every morning with us, praise the Lord. Miss Iva, also good to see you. She says, good morning to my lovely classmates. Please be careful on the wet roads today. Yes, I'm begging you to take your time. Slow down. Uh, use your indicators. And, um, you know. Felicia is here. Good morning to Miss Felicia Rankin. Vanessa Scott is in the house. Oh, honey child. Vanessa was all up in the comment section during the um, <laughs> during the live stream. So you guys know that on, on the regular CIG TV, you can watch the proceedings. But a lot of you were tuned in on our uh, resharing of the live feed because the comment sections be lit, honey child. That's where the action be. In the comment section. And I've got a little treat for you guys today. We put together a compilation of the comments on John John's speech because his just took the cake. Comedic relief. Um, I think he's in the wrong job. He shouldn't be a politician. He should be a comedian because child, he had all of us scratching our heads at time with, with confusion. Um, you know, it's like him and his moon jokes and so forth. So we were woefully confused. And, um, and then other times it was just funny. Like, it was like, is this dude for real? Like, he was even laughing at himself. And I thought, wow, okay. Uh, that's not what what yesterday was supposed to be about. But nonetheless, here we are. People are using it um, for campaign fodder. All right, Strong Wilt. Hello, honey chow. How you doing? Um, Patricia Blake is also in the house. Good morning. Miss Marjorie is here. Uh, she says you need a lot of coffee today. 
I don't even drink coffee. That's the worst part. <laughs> and I'm I'm taking a break from the apple cider. So the only thing I got, honey, gel is water. Mm, I should probably get me some hot chocolate or something, but I don't need the sugar to start off my morning. So water it is, my love, water it is. But I feel you. Yep. Good morning, um, Damien. Shaka Zula having a good laugh. Miss Alba, buenos dias. Estoy bien, muchas gracias. Uh, Leroy, hello, how are you? Keisha, good morning to you. Uh, Richard is in the house. Thank you so much, Richard Newton. We have Miss Hilda here saying good morning to everyone. Jackie Morgan, good morning to you, my love. And Caribbean Sunshine, oh yeah. Good morning, Reina. Thank you, darling. And uh, we have Miss Daisy and Colin listening on the drive to um, work. Good morning to Miss Daisy and Colin. We need to do a big shout out birthday to Ervalyn. Is Ervalyn in the chat yet for the morning? Today is her birthday. So good morning to the lovely Ervalyn. Uh, and we also have um, this young man here. Uh, let me get you his name. It is his birthday as well. Let me just get his little picture pulled up here. He's a John Gray student um, who is, unfortunately for him, who is interested in politics, honey chow? Honey chow. Ugh. I don't know. There's so many other much noble professions you might want to look at, son. Um, this is young uh, Jaron Reynolds uh, Velasquez. Today is young Jaron's um, birthday as well. So we wish to um, wish Jaron a happy birthday also. There's that young man. He's making good strides in his life. And Jaron, we just want to encourage you to remain on that positive path and hope that you have an absolutely amazing, fabulous birthday. So if you know Jaron, please uh, wish him a happy birthday today. And Ervalyn as well. Anybody else celebrating a birthday? Do let us know. Okay, we've got Miss Dawn in the house. Good morning to you. Uh, Gabby is here. She's saying, good morning, CMR fam fam. Yes, honey chill. That baby getting big already, Gabby. Look at him. And uh, K-Man's icon says, good morning, beautiful. Thank you, K-Man's icon. Good to see you. Good to see you. We're all here this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning. So um, let me see what I can start with before our guests come in. Let, let's talk about the Tiffany situation because I, I have no intentions of making this too much of a deep dive. Um, she was finally sentenced yesterday. Can we please get a hallelujah up in here? And then, and then uh, an applause. Yes, honey child. It has been a long road and a long process and made even longer by her, to be quite frank and honest. But um, it's finally over. Uh, my condolences to um, the victim who had to endure all of this and, you know, stood by his position of going to court. The bottom line is she got a six months suspended sentence. Now, what does that mean? Because a lot of people are confused. Like, is she going to jail, Sandy? No, she's not going to jail. Um, one thing I must say, despite what people think about the judiciary, and I hear a lot of comments all the time, you know, oh, Caymanians are targeting Caymanians, this and that. Listen, I have the pleasure and displeasure, because sometimes it's just not fun, um, you know, sitting there. Um watching the process. And I see some of the logic that the magistrates and judges use. And I must say, by and large, that there is a lot of compassion that they show. 
a lot, they, they try, it's a balancing exercise, right? A sentencing is a balancing exercise for sure. You know, she was found guilty. The judge said she didn't believe a word she said during her defense. This whole thing with O'Brien tumor and this and that, it was just a bunch of nonsense. Um, you know, she showed up to court every day looking pretty and looking innocent every time she came, dressed to the nines. Um, and the judge said, listen, uh, one of the biggest considerations yesterday was the fact that she was not compliant with 2018 and 2019 orders when she was found. She pled guilty for those things. And um, yes, I do see, I do see Michael. Just give me one quick second. I just want to, um, as a matter of fact, let, let me, let me just bring Michael in. Pause the, pause the Tiffany story. Cause that'll probably take longer, unfortunately, than I want it to. Let's bring Michael in. And we're going to talk about something positive, and then we'll go into the rest of rest of the show. All right. Good morning, Sir Michael. Hey, Sandy. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks Good. for inviting me. You look young and fresh. <clears throat> and well, like you've you been. <laughs> I try to keep young. Yeah, yeah. You've been getting a lot of rest, um, <laughs> which I doubt that's the case. But you're looking anyway. You look the part. Yeah, I try. So. Michael um, Miles is joining us this morning to tell us uh, at least one of the amazing programs. There's so much that Inspire K-Man has actually been doing, but he's going to tell us about one of the um, you know amazing community initiatives that uh, his organization, which is a training facility, has been involved in recently. So, um, you know, Michael, financial literacy, when I heard a couple of years ago that you were teaching this course, I thought to myself, Every single Caymanian should be enrolled in your course because we yeah. all struggle from time to time. Sometimes it's in our youth when we're stupid and we're just making really, really poor decisions, but that's the time to get a hold of this, right? So yeah. give us a synopsis of what the financial literacy program is all about. You know, the goal is, is to help Caymanians understand about building wealth. Um, I know that we, you and I have had this discussion. I didn't mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, I watch my mother work hard. Um, struggle with finances. Um, she was brilliant in, in terms of taking care of us. But again, she didn't know. So mm. I learned the hard way. And the hard way was bankruptcy, right? Um, I filed bankruptcy at 34. Mm -hmm. um, I was in the US. It was one of the most scarce times of my life. And a lot of it is, is exactly what you just said. I made a lot of dumb decisions. I was and smart with money. I was making mm -hmm. great money. I was living beyond my means. What we are trying to do now is help Caymanians understand that the financial climate in Cayman isn't going to go down. So if someone is waiting for it to just go down or change in some miraculous way, that's never going to happen, right? It is here to stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? We have yeah. to now start to look at least 14 years down. And in particular in Cayman, I've been doing this course with a lot of Caymanians and the goal has never been, I'm not making enough or, mm -hmm. or, or the challenges that I've seen has never been, I'm not, you know, making enough. It's always been, I'm living beyond my means. I have mm -hmm. a lot of debt and therefore, because a lot of debt, they're taking home less and less. And that's what we have to get to the heart of. Can I help Caymanians take home more of their money? Because CUC isn't mm -hmm. going to go down. Let's face it, right? You know, um, you know, Hurley's and Foster's, the, their prices aren't going to go down. But can you get rid mm -hmm. of your car loan? You know, uh, can you get mm -hmm. rid of your credit card debt? 
Can you get rid of your student loan debt? Can you get rid of your credit union loans, right? I see a lot of people just, you know, constant. It's, you know, it's a payday loan. You know, it's a personal loan. It's it's a Christmas loan. It's it's a this loan. It's a traveling loan. It's all sorts of loans. And then they find themselves underwater. And now I need to go to my politician or I need to go to the bank or I need to consolidate here. And then they are drowning. And then all of a sudden, the state have to step in and help you save your house. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you need to go to needs assessment unit because I can't afford this or I can't afford that. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I am seeing. And all I'm trying to do is, is provide information and the skills for people to just stop making better decisions like I had to do. Like I right. had to do it. I didn't have no choice because I had, you know, three little kids that depended mm-hmm. on me to start to make, <clears throat> excuse me, better decisions about where my financials um, was headed. Yep. So, um, I mean, you, you've laid it out a good foundation for us. I think the bottom line is that a lot of us are not always willing to admit that um, we're struggling financially. So a lot of times, you know, as you rightfully said, what we look at is the the flow of money in, but we don't want to talk about the other side, which is your debt and the flow of money out. Uh, because it's it's easy to think that you can control the flow of money in, but I often say that there's probably, um, it's probably harder to increase your income. And because like you said, there are factors that you have no control over. So you can't force uh, the price of gas down. You can't control inflation. And despite what I was even listening to sessions of the LA yesterday, despite what some MPs want you to think, they can't control inflation either. You know, they, they can't control interest rates. You know, these are, there are variables that are definitely outside of your control. So when it comes to your finances, you've got to look at what you can do. You can't dictate to your employer to pay you more money. Now, there might be things you can do in terms of upskilling yourself, you know, finishing that qualification that you've been meaning to get if you're in financial services, you know, um, trying to do more, maybe becoming the MLRO or, you know, there are upgrades that you can do. If you're a minimum wage worker, and I've always said this, it's fine to say, let's increase the minimum wage, but you will always be a minimum wage worker. So even if you go, if $6 is the minimum wage, even if you increase it to $10, you're still a minimum wage worker. And the cost of living and everything else is still going to go up unless you do something yourself to improve your position in life where you can come out of that minimum wage bracket, you will always be a minimum wage worker, right? Well, and the world well, isn't designed for minimum wage workers, nowhere in the world. I agree with you, right? And let me go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. If I give, and I've done this many times, if you're getting paid $8 an hour and mm-hmm. you are spending $12 an hour yes. by the time you're taking it home, if yeah. I increase it to $15 an hour, you're going to be spending $20 an hour because you're exactly. spending habits having change. What I'm trying yeah. to get people to understand, Sam, is that finances isn't about being an accountant. I'm not an accountant, right? Yeah. What finances is about, it's about behavior. And when mm-hmm. you start to change your behavior, you start to see your finances change. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. That's all I did was I start living within contentment. I start mm-hmm. saying to myself, I don't really need that right now. I'll get it eventually, mm-hmm. but I don't need it right now. What I need right now is mm-hmm. an emergence of fund. I need to protect my family. So let mm-hmm. me get an emergence of fund in the bank that if anything should come up, I have a little bit of a cushion, 
right? Yes. What I need right now is to get all my bills, all, all my debt paid up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I get paid off credit card bills, you know, car loans, all of that sort of stuff. I'm completely debt free. My wife and I are completely debt free besides mm -hmm. my, besides our mortgage. We have a mm -hmm. 15 year mortgage that we're paying off in under eight years. And I'm and and, and a lot of what we're trying to do is looking at can we do this intentional? I yes. often quote, do not go down this financial, do not go down this sort of financial journey if you're mm -hmm. not gonna be intentional about it. If you're not gonna save, you know, with some level of intentionality, then this is a waste of time for you. Not mm -hmm. mm -hmm. every time that you have a few dollars in the bank, but then you know you need to go on a trip, then mm -hmm. that money goes to the trip. It has to be, hey, you know something? Yeah. I don't think the world is falling apart. I'm not touching that money unless there's some level of emergency that I need to use that money for. Yes. So one of the first things that I help people with is let's put in a budget. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go to a budget. Whether that is a budget that you want to put on Excel or whether that is a budget that you want to actually write down. But it has mm -hmm. to be a monthly budget of all of your expenses and your salary. So you know that... When you put your salary in and all your expenses in, you are allocating all of your salary to that budget and you're mm. shown by that budget. So if you're saying to me, hey, you know, I'm only going to spend $500 on groceries, then that's all we take out of the bank. So there's a couple of things that I say to people. Once you establish a budget, a monthly budget, there's, there's a couple of things that I ask them to take out in cash because those are the areas that we often overspend. Groceries mm -hmm. is a major one. We go in, we swipe a card, right? And when we swipe mm -hmm. a card, it's not very personal. But when we use mm -hmm. cash, we start, our behavior changes whenever we use cash, mm -hmm. right? Things like um, gas for our cars. I've mm -hmm. seen people who have the best intentions of going to the gas station to just put some gas. They'll put $34 to $50 in their car, but then they'll go into Burger King and spend $30. Or forty, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. they're going to now every gas station now have a liquor store, mm -hmm. right? So they'll come out with groceries, but you only really went to the gas station to actually fill up your car, right? right. But if you pull that money out with cash, you're no longer swiping a card, right? Mm -hmm. Things like entertainment when you're going to eat out, take that money out. So if you're giving yourself, so the budget to me is freedom. It gives you the freedom to spend your money mm -hmm. in a coordinated way. So what I say to folks is things like entertainment. You know, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not saying don't go out. I'm saying give yourself the money to go out. And when that money is done, it's mm -hmm. done. You're not going into your grocery money. You're not going into your gas money. You're not going into your, your mortgage or your car payments or whatever else you have. Mm -hmm. if, if you're saying that I have $300 for the month to eat out, mm -hmm. then take that money out. And when you go to eat out, you put it in a little envelope. And when you go to eat out, you're saying, okay, I'm only going to borrow, like, I'm only going to take money from this, this envelope. And when it's done, it's done. My wife and I lived on an envelope for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Every time we got paid, I have, we have 15 years, Sammy, of budgets. I know what my light bill was 15 years ago. Mm. Or what I paid for water, for food. I know when my kids were coming to visit me in Cayman, when they lived in the U.S., I know what we paid for their plane tickets. You know, like I know what we paid for rent. I know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it that the budget gives you a really great track record of mm -hmm. what you're spending. What I also say to folks about the budget is that you start to see patterns in the budget, and right away people see it. Oh my God, I'm spending that much on groceries. Mm -hmm. 
I'm spending that much on going out. I need to cut that. People see it for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need to always explain it to them. The moment that I say, can you just write down everything that you're spending? And I drop it into a spreadsheet that I use for them. They automatically see it. And they now their behavior start to change because now it's real for them, mm-hmm. right? They put their, put their bills in a closet and walk away and pretend that they don't have a bill. They now actually see it. And that's the stuff that I believe that's helping people change their lives. And it's mm-hmm. steps. I'm not saying you need to make, you know, these huge changes to your life. Just put me in a budget and looking at it every month. Yes. Taking all your money before you get paid. I'm telling you, is one of the most powerful tools that I've ever used in financial um, um, coaching. Mm-hmm. In 13, 14 years I've been doing this. Wow. And um, it, it really creates like self-awareness, I think, is is what it does. Because like you said, it's easy if you're living on credit. Um, and you know what is so interesting, Michael, is you were talking about us using that. I'm not a cash person. I really actually despise cash for more reasons than one. But I yeah. definitely understand your logic. And what I do as opposed to using a credit card, I use my debit card. So that's cash. And yeah. I consciously keep nothing in that account until I'm ready to make a transaction. I tell people this all the time for safety reasons as well, right? So if I need to make a purchase of $500, I'm going to transfer $502 in that primary debit card account, and then I'm going to use it. But, you know, keeping track of um, your expenses. And I love now, big shout out to CNB and all the other banks that might do this, but I know for sure CNB does. I get little notifications. The second I swipe it, I get a, a bing on my phone and I can go and look at my SMS messages. Oh, wow, that's what I spent today. These yeah. are the places that I went, um, putting it on paper, writing it down, yeah. keeping a track of it. It just makes you so much more conscious about yep. your spending habits. And also we are teaching our children some of those exact same spending habits. So, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough where, you know, I tried to wait to have a child when I felt like I was a little bit more financially comfortable than the environment that I grew up in, which by many accounts would have been poverty, Right. Um, but I'm also cognizant of her seeing me swipe a card. And when she sees something, she's like, Oh, I said, well, how are we going to pay for this? She said, Oh, well just swipe that card. And I'm like, but do you understand what this card is? No, but just swipe it. Cause clearly that has limitless amount of money. And I'm like, no, no, no. This card (laughs) is linked to something called a bank account. And a bank account is something that you have to put money into. It's not magic. It doesn't just make money. You know, so remember how you're saving your your birthday money and you have your little piggy bank. We've opened up a student saver for you. You know, so when I opened up the student saver, they gave us a little piggy bank at CNB. And I said to her, we got to start now saving your money. And, you know, big shout out to Miss Karen over at CNB. She said, Sandy, have her come in, show her at a young age how she's got to put money into the bank account. That's how money gets in. So, you know, it's important that we as parents, I think, get a hold of our our personal situations, our situations as families. And also work really, really diligently to pass on those messages to our children because we do them a disservice, right? If we have learned the lesson, but we don't pass the lesson on because then what what is the point really of financial literacy? This is what it is, right? So when I took Financial Peace University is a course Sunday, um, my wife and I took 14 years ago, I filed bankruptcy. She was Mm -hmm. in some level of debt and we when I came back to Cayman in 2010, uh, we were in about six combined. We were in about $60,000 worth of debt. So we mm-hmm. took Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. It's a nine-week course. I teach it now as a financial coach, and I've been teaching it mm-hmm. now for the last 12, 13 years. 
-hmm. One of the issues that I have seen is that one, people are refusing to live on a budget, but then when they get into financial problems, mm -hmm. they then want to blame the government for the cost of living and all of this mm -hmm. sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with, you know, the folks that I'm uh, working with quite often aren't people that are in poverty. These are people that are working in government mm -hmm. or in some sort of corporate structure that are making fifty to $150,000, right? They're not making smart decisions. Right. So the goal for me has always been, I need to help you change your behavior because mm -hmm. obviously money is not a problem for you, right? Mm -hmm. let's, let's work on changing behavior. So when I took Financial Peace University, it was all about helping me change and understand my behavior and how I want to change. Another thing that I often, um, that, that I've done is that I wanted to change my family tree. I saw my mom struggle just like you saw yours uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm struggle, right? I didn't want that for the rest of my life. So after I came out of bankruptcy, I promised myself that my children will never have to file bankruptcy unless they choose to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, it, it's going to be their choice to yes. go through that, not because they didn't know better. So I mm -hmm. put college on a budget that I made them do a budget. They both had full scholarships from <laughs> and, and, and multiple grants and all this stuff. But what I also did was they all, they, both of them had to give me a budget every single month. They knew what they were getting for their scholarship. I gave mm -hmm. them $200. They had to drop that into a budget because I'm not just giving away money. It's my money mm -hmm. to give you $300. But it was based on you need to make a 3.0 every single mm -hmm. month. And you need to produce a budget. And I have to approve that budget. I'm not giving mm -hmm. you money. I'm not giving you, I'm not working hard give you my money to go 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 away and party on. and just waste it yeah right so they had to do those things so i got them on a Absolutely. really great financial journey very early i have a mm -hmm. nine-year-old same thing right mm -hmm. included we include her in our grocery shopping mm -hmm. so she knows what she's gonna have for dinner at least six days of the week she knows what she's gonna have for breakfast lunch and dinner six days a week because she goes to the grocery stores so she helps us prepare the meals mm -hmm. We do, we do have a caller in the line, Michael. Let's just grab this call. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Mr. Miles. How are you? Morning. How are Good morning. you? Good morning. I just, I'm fine. I just wanted to comment quickly about um, <clears throat> what Mr. Miles is talking about. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to add my two cents. Mm -hmm. um, I think two things that need to be, that people need to be taught if they don't know it already is mm -hmm. uh, number one, contentment mm -hmm. and number two uh delayed gratification yes yeah? yes yeah. yes you don't Ooh, need honey, to have let me give you an applause <laughs> yes delay especially with the delayed gratification we're talking about that a little bit here but yes i have i have an iphone now sandra yeah. you know me mm -hmm. you know that i can buy the latest iphone the best mm -hmm. and the best every year if i want you yeah. understand my iphone i have is four years old yeah they're working fine. You understand? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't see the new iPhone. Or the, I'm just using mm -hmm. that as an example. Yes. It's not that I see the new, it's not like I don't see the new iPhone and then, oh, you know, here's this new feature and this new that. I already have, I'm content with what I have. Yes. You understand? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. if you want something, mm -hmm. you don't need to get it now. Is it a want or is it a need? Yes. I was going to get to that because my aunt always used to say that. Ask yourself, is it a want or is it a need? And then if it falls into the want category, you need to think carefully about whether or not you can even afford it. 
but I love that. I love I love that Mr. Miles is talking about teaching uh, people how to budget. Me personally, I keep a little composition book. Mm-hmm. I put my budget down and I track mm-hmm. all of my transactions. I mean, it don't have to be a composition book. It could be a spreadsheet. It could be whatever, yeah. an app on your phone or whatnot. Yeah. But it really does make a difference. When you see how much you spend in, you can say, all right, even though I budget, I don't know, let's say $400 a month for groceries. Let me see if I can, if I can not go past 390 or 350 yeah. for this yeah. month. Yeah. And you can make goals and you can, you yeah. know, that yeah. little $50 that you save, you can put that toward, all right, well, now I want the iPhone, but every month, let's see if I can do this for 12 months. Yeah. And all the money that I save, that can go towards something that I want as a little reward. That's it. Speaking to your budget. That's mm. great, man. That's great. Thank you, you so much. Have, uh, you, you, you must have gone through some sort of course or or been or have okay, hard, hard, really hard financial knocks will do it to you. Yeah, too. Let me, Thank I mean, you, Carlos. That's, let me, that's yes. really great, let me tell you what it, let me tell you what it was, Mr. Miles. Uh-huh. Let me tell you what it was. When I first got out of school uh-huh. and I started working, uh-huh. money was no object. Yes. And then I just got to a point where it was like I worked too hard not uh-huh. to have something for myself at the end of the day. Uh-huh. So when I started budgeting and it was a good teacher friend who taught me how to do it and from that that was what 15 years ago mm-hmm. i haven't good stopped job. since good job man. good, good job. to you thank you yeah. so much nine three six two six two six of course the phone lines are always open and um i'm glad that that caller has shared you know because i think a lot of us especially when we're younger like we just didn't know any better we we weren't passed um yeah. on any good skills in terms of money management or savings or any of this stuff. And this is why this um, financial literacy program, this yes. course that, um, you know, uh, Michael's institution is offering is so important because it really brings home these key principles, but in a very concrete way. You yeah. know, when I heard the caller talk about the the, the iPhone, I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, I, I love a gadget, I have to admit. Um, I'm into tech and stuff a lot. And so for a while, I always felt like I had to keep up with the latest iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, at one time, I got to tell you all, this is, you know, one of those things that stood out in my mind as being just sort of stupid, <laughs> to be quite frank and honest. Um, I actually went to Miami to get the latest iPhone because I'm like, I have to have it now. It's almost like a drug right. to have the latest g- gadget, right? And because it had literally just dropped a couple of days ago, you know, it's not going to che- be cheap. It was like $1,600 for the latest iPhone. And I was like, nope, I don't care. I got to have it. And, you know, as time went on, I'm like, wow, that could have gone on my mortgage. That would have paid the mortgage. And then some at the time that would have been extra money. You know, we all make really poor and stupid financial um, decisions. Yeah. And it's really about trying to be more conscientious and make better decisions and get to the point where you're making more better decisions than more poor decisions. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, yeah. occasionally we may still make poor decisions, but um, one of the things uh, I, I really loved how you were talking about trying to expedite your mortgage payment. And this is something that I have also done. And I know that it can be done. You know, a few people have heard me talk about this in the show and they said, Sandy, you've motivated me to start throwing some extra on my mortgage. You know, the single biggest commitment, a financial debt commitment that you will have is a mortgage, right? Yes. And, um, you know, you spend a lot of money on your mortgages, interest rates for the first half of the life all you're really doing is paying interest. So mm-hmm. every single additional payment that you can make on that principal brings down the interest. And so I was on a sort of accelerated schedule of trying to get my mortgage paid down. 
And you know, the crazy thing is, um, Michael, every time they would send me, okay, I've made this extra payment in addition to the mortgage. Cause I was like, if you're going to do it, make your regular mortgage payment and then do extra on top of that. Right. Yeah. And it was so amazing to see not just the principal come down, yeah. but the, the interest, interest rates yes. kept coming the down, answer. coming down. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. this is amazing. And that yeah. has allowed us as a family to invest in other properties you, you know, because all of a sudden now you have proper equity in your own Absolutely. home you know? and yeah. you can leverage that equity to go to the bank and say, hey, I want to do something else. I want to do a yeah. piece of land. I want to do this. One of the worst debt decisions that you can make is to actually get a car loan. And I know this is difficult because all of us need a car yeah. and a lot of us want a nice car and we want to drive a nice car. But I'm telling you, if you plan ahead you can budget and save and still get that nice car, but do it out of pocket yeah. and go in and look up these. I'm sure Michael will cover this in his um, course, but when you use tools like, you know, the interest rate calculation tools and you see, okay, you get a car loan, you borrow say $60,000 because now you're, you got a decent job. You want to get yourself a nice little ride, you know, whatever you borrow $60,000 from the bank, right? The interest that you're going to pay. Uh, let me see if I can, if we can do it really quickly. On borrowing $60,000 from a bank, say, over seven years, because they're probably going to give you seven years to pay that back, is astronomical. You're going to pay for that car probably two and a half times. Twice. You're, and if, and if, you're and if you twice. could actually um, save and pay that cash yourself, you have saved yourself $60,000, $80,000, which you could use you know, in some other regard. Yeah. So trust me, folks, when I tell you there are little things that you know as you get older – and more mature, hopefully, and this course will help accelerate that, that hopefully you will be in a position where you can just, um, you know, make these informed decisions that will be life changers for you. Um, I remember I've told this story recently where, you know, we used to have an apartment and we were looking for, uh, we were looking to sell that and to actually um, get a home. And the, the we had some neighbors and you know the funny thing is uh one of them actually worked in a bank <laughs> and so they they were interested and they're like oh you know yeah we want we want to get it we want to get your place and i was like okay well you know this is the price whatever and uh, they went to the bank and do you know what happened they were told they had a, a credit card and the bank basically said because of your debt ratio you have to pay off this credit card and get rid of the credit card they opted to not become homeowners because they were told you have to get rid of the credit card. Yeah. And my mind was blown about what a poor decision that was. Yeah. Because a credit card is one of the highest interest things that you can have. For the, I just recently got a credit card because I didn't have a credit card for years because I refused to get one. Because I know the traps that you fall into with a credit card. Oh, well, you know, use it now, pay later. You're going to really pay later, right? Yeah. And so they made the decision to not, listen to this, to not purchase a home, to continue to rent because, oh, well, when we go online, we can shop at this kid's store for stuff for kids and we don't have to pay it back. And I'm like, you, have you looked at the interest rate? Have you looked at the fact that you don't get any returns on that? If you had a home, you'd be building equity for yourself. Like the thinking we are poor because we think like poor people. Well, that's it, right? And that's the change, Sandy. And, you know, when FRC gave me the opportunity to host this and become a sponsor of this, I jumped to it because I've been mm -hmm. trying to get our phenomenal government on board with this for a long time because they are the biggest 
bailers of people, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be helping our people, but there's a lot of people out there. It doesn't matter if you help them. What's going to happen is that they're going to get right back in debt. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying as we help them, then let's teach them a skill so they don't have to come back with their hands out. Let's get them on board where they're living within their means. Because if you could pay a person's mortgage, right? I've seen this do it. You know, many years ago, um, I'm sure that you were, I'm sure you were an island like me. Mm-hmm. You know, the DART organization came on board. We spent $5 million or something mm-hmm. ridiculous on paying off, you know, um, people from going into foreclosure. Mm-hmm. The government did that, right? Yeah. We thought we were helping people. Yeah. And as the next government took over, the majority of those people that filed foreclosures went right back into foreclosure. Yeah. Why? Yeah, absolutely. All of that cash flow that they didn't have, instead of saying to them, you know, instead of teaching them of about saving that or or putting it in a place where they can now have a rainy day fund, we basically just gave them free mm-hmm. cash, right? I see it all the time. So mm-hmm. the goal for me has always been, let me give you a hand up. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to give you a hand out because you don't need that. Let yeah. me give you a hand up and let me teach you a skill because I was taught that. It saved my life. I'm, you know, I say to people all the time, Dave Ramsey literally saved me from myself mm-hmm. by teaching me a skill to manage myself better. Mm-hmm. Because if I didn't learn that, I couldn't have taught my kids that, right? And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you are what you are now seeing. And like the caller obviously said, if you're not living in contentment, if you're buying mm-hmm. the latest every year, but you can't put groceries on your table. And that's the people that I'm working with. Like mm-hmm. I'm working with people that are getting paid well, but yes. they need to get the latest iPhone. They need to have mm-hmm. a car loan. They mm-hmm. need to have a nice car because they need to impress a person they don't give yeah. a about. You yeah. know? So all of this stuff happens. So the mm-hmm. district, um, Sunday, I wanted to simply just um, also make sure that people are aware that we're having these district meetings mm-hmm. to help people to just give you some skills. It's yes. about an hour and a half to two hours long. Tonight, we're going to be in East End. And the goal for us right now is to ensure that just people have basic skills. Yes. I'm not giving them the full financial piece course because we obviously don't have the time for that. We absolutely have a nine-week course. I actually just finished up doing a course with the RCIPS, who has done exceptional well. They uh-huh. have looked forward and they've said, listen, we want to take care of our officers and they've now embedded the program into their training program. Mm-hmm. You know, I've now been called by other organizations from accounting firms to government organizations to small mom and pop shops, right? I do a lot of one-to-one coaching if you mm-hmm. know if people certainly want stuff like that. But this is where we're going with this. And a lot of it is just really just guiding people to simpler times where they can manage themselves better. Yep. And here's just a quick example of this this car loan, right? So, I mean, I don't know what the going interest rate is for cars, but, um, you know, if you borrow $60,000 to give you seven years to pay it, your monthly payments are going to be $960, but then look at what it is that you're doing with interest. Basically, Absolutely. 26% of what you're paying back is going to be in interest payments, um, over $20,000, right? So, um, you know, it, it's something to think about, folks. Uh, this is an opportunity. Give us all the details, Michael, and how people can find out um, more about the course and, um, you know, how they can uh, come out to these district events. So it's um, the course normally starts. It's from seven to nine. It's every Wednesday. Um, I, I'm pretty sure if you go on the FRC website, um, I don't have it actually right in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. 
But um, I, Sandy, I know that they, because I'm looking at the email now, if you check back through your email, I'm hopefully you can post it on mm -hmm. your site. There's a registration form that they can sign up. Um, and it's free, right? Mm -hmm. It's a free um, opportunity for people to come in. Normally people, you know, when, when people are doing this one-to-one, -one, mm -hmm. people are paying me $150 an hour to sit mm -hmm. with me, to guide them through, you know, their whole financial journey. Mm -hmm. The course itself costs $410, mm -hmm. right? So it is not an inexpensive course because you're getting a lot from it. What yes. I am doing is helping people change their behavior. I would have paid that in then some because I have made mm -hmm. that back in more, right? It, it it has been a value tool for me and I passed it on to as many people as I possibly can because I know going through this course was a phenomenal opportunity for me to change my life and change my children's lives. And we've done that. I can mm -hmm. say to you, I am an ordinary person. I'm absolute ordinary. I, I, I have no background in accounting. My wife is actually, you know, an accountant, but works as a director of HR that, you know, for PwC. Mm -hmm. But again, this wasn't an accounting issue that we were having. This was a behavior issue, right? And this is what mm -hmm. I try to tell people like, well, you know, cause folks suddenly will say to me, well, Michael, I'm just not good at math. Neither am I. <laughs> you know, I'm not mm -hmm. good at math either, but I'm good at Excel. I can put my salary in Excel and put all my expenses in, and it all calculates for me. Like, that's mm -hmm. the Excel mm -hmm. that I have. I don't have to do a lot of thinking. What I have to do now is be able to be able to sit down two weeks before I get paid and look at what I'm going to spend. I now have people forecasting their expenses. Because you hear the word forecasting, and you're like, but isn't that like a company? No. That's mm -hmm. also a person. I want you to know what you're going to be spending your money on in May from mm -hmm. December. And you can forecast that because everybody know when their bills are going to be happening, right? Let's write that stuff down. Let's punch it into a spreadsheet, have it calculate all up for you. And now you have an opportunity to look ahead. I have mm -hmm. people saying, well, Michael, I can't go on vacation. Okay, let's forecast six months. Right? Let's put a little mm -hmm. money in there for vacation if that's what you want to do. But we have to get rid of payments. Mm -hmm. As long as you have a car loan, mm -hmm. you're not going to be free of anything. As long as you mm -hmm. have credit card debt, you're not going to be free of anything. As long as you have you know, personal mm -hmm. debt, you're not going to be free of anything. And that's what I see a lot of folks are doing. Mm -hmm. I have had people suddenly that have gone to, whether it's CNB or Butterfield or the credit mm -hmm. union, and they're borrowing personal loans. For things mm -hmm. like Christmas, they're borrowing personal mm -hmm. vacation. To take a vacation, yeah. And and then they're it's crazy. Are, and of course, the banks don't mind you doing it because they're charging you exorbitant course, interest rates. Of course, they are. That's, and a, they're that's not the business they're in. They're yeah. not going to say no. And then, unfortunately, yeah. people are yeah. now. And, and you know what else is horrible? Um, and we're going to have to start to wrap this up, uh, yeah. Michael. But you know what else is horrible? Is a lot of these loan to payday businesses have now, um, you know, sort of emerged in our market, which we didn't have them before, but they're encouraging um, even worse behavior because the people who have to turn to a loan to payday business, that means that you've got financial problems. If you mm -hmm. have to borrow money from a friend um, to make ends meet, or you have to go to loan to payday, that in and of itself is an indication to you that you need this course and that you need some financial CPR as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. You are now going to pay sometimes quadruple what the traditional in interest rates are um, from a bank in order to get three, four hundred, five hundred dollars if you're lucky loan from someone. And it is the worst 
type of loan in the world. It is. And, and, and unfortunately, that's the desperation of where people are at, right? And then on, 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 unfortunately, their house comes into question because now you have to give the bank something. Mm -hmm. So it's normally your house. And then all of mm -hmm. a sudden, this is where our government gets involved. And mm -hmm. it's overwhelming to now you are on your knees begging for the government or some other organization to get involved to help you. And this is what, this is what I have seen over a course of time. These two-hour seminars mm -hmm. are really a great start for anyone who just want to come in and have a clear understanding. I want to be able to help every Kimaya. I want to make it very clear. Mm -hmm. If this was just about money to me, I wouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Right? This is not just about, I want to help our people because I see and I hear the pain out there. I work with a lot of young people every single day. They're broke, mm -hmm. they're living with their parents, and they want to change their behavior. And I am saying, if you want to change your behavior, then let's start to sacrifice some stuff. Because if you want to change, you can't drop $200 on a Friday night drinking beer, right? You can't mm -hmm. always feel like, you know, you're going to, you know, go and have brunch, but you mm -hmm. don't have any money, right? There's some sacrifices mm -hmm. that has to be to this. And Absolutely. when you save some money, you have money. You have money yeah. in your account. Yeah. And, that's where and, and trust me, learn to love your home. I've, I've always said this and I stick by this. Um, I don't be out in these streets. I don't be, as you say, going to the bars and clubs and whatever, spending all this pile of money because I pay way too much to have a house, <laughs> right, yeah. to the bank. Every single month, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to kick out my feet on the back porch and look around and, and you know, try to enjoy some of that property because I'm still paying for it, <laughs> you know? You go, so right? you got to, a lot of it really has to do with attitude adjustments. And I got to tell you, I'm no longer the one to be running now getting the latest iPhone. Although the irony of it, um, now, uh, Michael, is because I use my phone for work, I have more of a justification for having the latest iPhone because yeah. of camera features or whatever. But I'm still like, you know what? Mm, they didn't make enough changes for me to justify it. Let me wait yeah. another model out, another model right. out. That's so I'm it. still holding on to it two, three models later and then upgrading when it makes sense for me to upgrade. So, folks, we can all learn. We can all do better. We've all been there. We've all made really poor decisions. Some of us have been on the brink of bankruptcy. Some of us have filed for bankruptcy. Um, you can turn it around, folks. It's it's going to take some time, but there's nothing worse than seeing people, especially when you're coming into your senior years and you might not be making the income that you used to, um, all of a sudden running into financial difficulties. And as the saying goes, everybody is like literally one paycheck away from bankruptcy. You have a major illness. Um, cancer, uh, you know, so many different things can go wrong in your life that will put you back financially. So take the this beginner's course. Someone, uh, Shaka Zulu is asking if there's a more um, advanced literacy course beyond the beginners. Can you tell us, um, you know, what you offer in terms of that? And we do have yes. one call. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Caller. So, <clears throat> so we have Financial Peace University is the more intense course. It's a nine week course. It's once a week for two and a half hours for nine weeks. Um, we don't have anything scheduled on the books right now because I'm really only doing like corporate stuff um, right now. There's a number of organizations that want their staff to have access because as you rightfully said, Sunday, another indication that people need help is where they're consistently getting salary advances. Mm -hmm. So a lot of organizations are now seeing this and are now calling us to mm -hmm. you know, try to get, you know, try to help them, you know, manage some of this stuff. But mm -hmm. this, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, that these things will will will, um, will come up. Mm -hmm. um, I I know Mr. Panton 
often sponsors every year mm -hmm. uh, a course for his folks um, and in, Newlands. In, in his constituency. Yes. Kathy Wilkes this year also sponsored um, a course for her people. And they did, mm -hmm. like, people are not just paying off that Sunday, but people are mm -hmm. all people are saving because all they're doing now, like they now mm -hmm. get it, right? When that bulb goes off, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, see this thing it's, when I yeah. see them get this and they're like, oh, wow, you mean I can do X, Y, and Z and save X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got mm -hmm. and people are saving, right? Okay. So look we, we've got a caller in the line, speaking of, of saving money, since we still don't yeah. have a toll-free number. Hint, hint, flow. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and grab this call. Caller, good morning. Welcome to the program. Yes, good morning. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, Andy, that was a very interesting um, show this morning regarding the the money, uh, the course that's, mm -hmm. that's, been, that's been conducted. Uh, I guess later on I'll, I'll listen to some of the reruns and, and, and get the gist of it. But very informative, very informative. I think it's something that's needed in this country forever. Um, it... it it's uh, it's surprising, but in a way, not that it's not being taught in schools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, I've I've often advocated amongst um, friends and family that instead of years ago, instead of us having um, home economics, because if you if you don't if you learn if you don't have you haven't learned home economics at home, mm -hmm. um, it, I mean that's where it should be taught, but. They should exchange that for economics, mm -hmm. basic economics. So it's good to hear. It's good to hear that these things are happening because it, no matter how much money you give a fool, he's gonna he's gonna waste it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's very informative to hear this conversation happen. I think it's I think it should be put in our curriculum. Mm -hmm. I doubt I doubt if it's gonna happen though, mm -hmm. because it's it's not it's not by accident that it hasn't been and curriculum in schools all these years, I think the masses, they want us to remain ignorant. Mm. Um, well, you know what? In this, in this day and age, it doesn't matter what the, what they want. You have the opportunity and it's accessible. The government, as uh, Michael has just said, has made it available at no cost to people. So you just got to get up and get out there um, and get it You're done. Right. Yes. Thank you so much, I'm, Caller. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Michael, can continue the great job. Um, it's very informative. Thank you so okay. much for the information. You're welcome. So, Sunday, so, yes, I know that we need to um, wrap up. Yeah, um, we do. Let me so, give you, give, some... give your contact information as well. There's some people who are saying that they want to bring you into their organization to maybe do some workshops and so on. So, how can people reach sure. you? Um, they can call me at 939 1301, uh -huh. or they can email us at info at inspirekimantrinan.com. Um, again, my number is 939-1301, or they can email us at info at inspirekimantraining.com. Mm -hmm. right? And we come to you as well. Um, one of the things that mm -hmm. I know people feel more comfortable with if they're having it at their organizations, as long as I have somewhere I can you know, set up my computer and you know, you have at least a screen that I can plug in and mm -hmm. people can see uh, and, and sound, I'm good to go. Um, but I want people to feel comfortable in their own space. Uh -huh. And most organizations are having it, you know, I will go to them as opposed to them coming to me. If yeah. it needs to be in the evenings, that's great as well. I, you know, sometimes it clashes. I'm doing two courses right now online for organizations uh -huh. um, all over the Caribbean. 
So, you know, like I try to make it as convenient. Mm -hmm. The issues that I, that I run into is people mm -hmm. are signing up for these courses and then they don't show up. Lord right? Jesus. Their organizations are paying for these courses mm -hmm. and they don't show up. Or if they do show up, it is very haphazard. You know, mm -hmm. I said this um, tool, um, the premier as well, is that he's been very generous over the last three years. We'll start off with 20 something people. And then by the time the course is all done, you know, you're down to 12. And I've said, mm -hmm. let's just start at 12, right? Let's start at, you know, 12 really awesome people that really truly want to change their lives. So, you know, if folks want to do this, you need to stick to all the way through it because it's a lot of really cool things that you will learn. Sunday, we are having um, the first day. We're having a course tonight at mm -hmm. East End. Let me tell you where it is. I, I just pulled up the flyer so people will know where it is. It's East End New Testament Church. Mm -hmm. and, and it's from seven to nine. Um, the next one is November 22nd. It's in Georgetown at the Red Cross headquarters. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we're having one over in Nebraska as well. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, of, of course, um, I there, there's another one. Um, there's one in Bordentown on the 29th mm -hmm. um, at the Bordentown Public Library. Mm -hmm. And then there is... There's one in the Brock I know that is also, I think it's the, I need to find a with um, the, the the date that one is in the Brock. Um, okay. But, but I've placed the registration link, folks, in the comment section. So please yeah. um, go ahead and register. Thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate no. you. No, thank you. Appreciate you um, putting us on air and, you know, getting this out to yes. the general public. So thanks again, Sonia. Appreciate all okay. that. All right, my dear. Have a good one. You too. Take care. All right, folks. Michael Miles there from Inspire Cayman. Again, um, these courses are available. Um, this is sort of an introductory to the full course available at no cost to you. Um, I'm not surprised when he says people register and then don't show up or they show up and they're haphazard about it. You've got to be committed to the change. If we want a better country, folks, we have to be in it um, to win it. You know what I'm saying? We have to be committed. We have to do it with a degree of, um, you know, just uh, you you just got to do it with, with everything you got folks you can't do it haphazard and you know it's 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 always shocking to me how we complain so much and then when we have the opportunity to level up and to do our part we still sit and back complaining because we just have gotten used to handouts and we enjoy handout <laughs> time to put a put the kabush in that and really start doing what we got to do all right so let's move on folks i see y'all in the comments section I'm like, let's get to the government situation sandy Let's say what's going on. I know why y'all are here. Y'all always here for the sauce. Um, so listen, uh, let me first um, just go back to the Tiffany situation. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, she got a six-month suspended sentence. What was so incredibly um, interesting about that situation is that, you know, both sides made their arguments. The judge said, listen, what I really want to hear about is the fact that this young lady has had a um, non-compliance with a previous um, situation. So remember, she's got previous convictions, which, by the way, at the time, there was no conviction recorded because the court was trying to give her every opportunity possible to, okay, you made a poor decision. You claim you have mental health issues. They ordered her, get mental health services, get the care that you need, go to counseling, you know, avail yourself of all of these things that are available to you. Do your part. And of course, she didn't do her part. And so the judge was like, what do you, she asked both the prosecution and the defense, what do you have to say about her noncompliance? 
She's had a second chance and she blew it. What do you guys have to say about that? And now because she blew it, the conviction that wasn't recorded now becomes a recorded conviction. And the judge said, you know, I could even um, elevate that and make it worse for you, but I'm not going to do that because then she would have definitely gone to jail. You see, so even yesterday, the judge still trying to help out this young lady to give her now a fourth and fifth chance. So she said um, at the end of the day, you know, she had all kind of excuses about why she didn't go. And, you know, um, the, the her lawyer took a little break for her to come out of court and to have a discussion with him. And, um, you know, he basically um, came back and said, oh, her explanation was um, she was trying talk therapy because some Dr. McGill, I don't know who Dr. McGill is. I'm thinking he must be a mental health. I don't know if he's a psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, um, had said that you need to be on medication. It sounds like she's bipolar. Nobody really said those words, but based on my observations from the behavior, um, it sounds like she suffers from episodes, these manic episodes, and she's probably bipolar. And they, the professionals have said, you, ha you need to be on medication to control this. And of course, she's trying to self-diagnose, which happens a lot with people who are suffering with any sort of mental health you know, issues. Um, she's trying to self-diagnose and she's going to pretend to be the doctor. And no, I want to use talk therapy. So she came, she had her lawyer come back and said, oh, she was trying talk therapy. You are not the professional folks. When you, when you have issues and your issues are interfering with your life, and it's not just interfering with your life, but it's causing physical harm to other people. It's bad enough if you got psychological, emotional harm, but when it's actually physical assault and property damage, you're beating up police officers, you're doing all of this stuff. So somebody says that Dr. Gill is a consultant psychiatrist and chief of psychiatry at the HSA. Dr. McGill, McGillis, is it McGill? McGill said, um, you need to be on medication and she refused to do so. And she's going to do talk therapy. She's going to have an online counseling session with somebody, God knows where. Clearly, that didn't work out for you, honey, Jill. Listen to the professionals, okay? So, um, you know, but she didn't, she would, um, you know, the, the magistrate went as far as getting, she contacted the hospital and getting all these reports and whatever herself. And she said, listen, you had uh, appointments made for you and then you wouldn't show up. It's the same thing. That Michael was just saying, Caymanian's not showing up. We're not doing our part. And then we want to, when it's convenient to us, we want to use that crutch of, oh, I've got financial problems, but you didn't show up and do. Oh, I've got employment problems and job, but you didn't show up and do. Oh, I've got mental health, but you didn't show up. You have got to show up and do your part. And nobody can be held responsible for that, folks, when you are an adult, right? So, you know, get it together. Um, I hope that this has been a rude awakening for Tiffany. Um, of course, her lawyer spent an exorbitant amount of time talking about, oh, all the negative press that she's gotten. And, you know, oh, as though he wanted, I don't, I'm not sure why he was saying this to the magistrate, as though he wanted the magistrate to say, okay, I'm going to issue this sentence and then you guys can't talk about it in the community. I wasn't quite sure if that's the, that was the end game, but the magistrate was like, uh, this comes with the territory. When you're in the public eye, you put yourself out there. She purposely ran months after knowing that she had just assaulted someone and had been arrested for it. That's all on her. Of course, you're going to get a lot of attention. You are holding a title of a Miss K man in this country. You brought down the entire pageant, as far as I'm concerned, you and the committee, and their poor decisions. And so it's like, what? You're expecting that nobody's going to talk about you and nobody's going to talk about it? 
and oh, she's gotten more scrutiny than people who've committed far worse crimes. Well, that may be the case, but the point is when you're a public individual, just like we're going to talk about politicians here in a second, once you put yourself in a particular position, you can expect the additional scrutiny. You're only 25 years old. Let that be a life lesson for you, right? So you want to be in the public eye when you think you're doing something great and you're parading around and you're super high heels and you're weave and this and that. Fantastic. But if your behavior starts to go downhill and you're arrested, you're charged, you're dragged through court, yes, you're going to get the same amount of energy and attention than when we had you up on a pedestal with a crown in your head. It's just life. Trust me. So um, it is what it is. She got a six-month suspended sentence for two years. So what that means is if she does anything in the next two years that puts her before the court, that six months she will go to pr prison for. So she got like three months for the assault on the man, six months for the criminal damage, for the assault in the whole situation at the detention center. She got a community order. So now she's been ordered to do certain things. She has to subject to drug testing. And I was kind of interested in why the judge decided to do that, but we're not going to dig too deep in that. Maybe she knows something and she's thinking maybe this erratic behavior is something else. I don't know. So she has to subject herself to drug testing. She has to pay back um, over $2,000 for the damage to the multiple vehicles. And she's got a year to pay that back. If she doesn't pay that back, then she'll go to jail for three months for non-compliance in that um, uh, compensation order. She also um, has to uh, get mental health care. She needs to now make her appointments and keep them with a the psychiatrist. So, you know, she's got all these things that she's got to do. And the judge has said, um, these are not, do it if you feel like it. This is an order, just like the first one, from the court. And I want you to understand it is a condition of your sentencing here today. So you have got to get these things done, okay? She claims that she doesn't work. She only has her little jewelry making business. So the poor mother had to go out and speak to the lawyer. Um, how much can you pay a month? She agreed that she could pay a couple hundred dollars a month. Now this is a burden to the mother, but hey, the mother's riding with her in the most spectacular kind of way. So, you know, when we have kids and we don't want to hold them responsible, then we pick up the slack for their behavior. So the mother will be forking out, you know, at least $200 a month to repay this compensation order. The thing that shocks me is this is now a couple of years after the fact, you know, she could have paid this off already. If she was, if she was a, if she was actually a principled individual, um, even though she had this fight and she was arrested, whatever, she could have started paying towards the damages that she had caused already. She could have done that on her own. And that certainly would have sent a message to the court that this is someone who actually was truly sorry for her actions. She's demonstrated zero remorse. The court told her, don't talk about these people. Don't. She went and did a post and actually tagged and exposed who the victim was. Now, it's interesting to note that the ex-boyfriend never really cooperated with the police. He never, um, you know, did the report. He's also very young, and I guess he's probably scared to death of her as well. Um, the father was the one who, at probably 50-something years old, had the courage to go through with this and, you know, testify and so on. So the assault was really against the father, although she also assaulted the son um, because he didn't provide any statements. He didn't really cooperate with the police or the prosecution his case wasn't really um, what was before the court, right? So I thought that that was kind of interesting. So it is what it is. Most people don't feel like she got it anywhere near the sentence that she should have gotten. Uh, most people believe that, um, you know, she should have gone to jail. 
I say that the court um, has given her yet another chance and um, we will certainly see what she does with this opportunity. Tiffany, um, we can only, uh, you know, send you the best wishes and um, it is what it is. Good luck to you. All right. So, um, okay. So let me just read some comments. Uh, First Lady says, Miss Sandy, you are the best thing that have ever happened to these islands. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I'm not so sure that's the case. Oh, we got to talk about some of these politicians trying to come at me yesterday, honey child. They had me cracking up. I must tell you, um, they think they can hurt my feelings. Poor them. Uh, good morning to First Lady. Um, Jennifer says she'll do it again for sure. Talk therapy or what kind of therapy? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're wishing her luck, but um, the um, uh, SIR, which is the, um, oh God, I always forget what SIR stands for as much as I use it. The something impact report. Oh, Lord have mercy. Anyway, the SIR, uh, which is a report that, you know, you have to go and get, um, you talk to probation people and they do a whole interview with you and your friends and whatever. Um, oh, God. Oh, it's going to bother me now, but it, it'll come to me. So they actually said, to your point, Jennifer, they actually said that um, she is at a, she is at a medium risk of reoffending. Social inquiry report. Thank you. I always forget what SIR stands for. So her social inquiry report, uh, she has to do an interview, and they interview people, and they do a professional assessment. They actually said that she uh, she is at a medium risk of reoffending, and at a high risk of reoffending if she doesn't get help. And that did not miss me. So in other words, to your point, Jennifer, she will definitely do it again if she doesn't get on medication, if she doesn't get psychological help and stick with it. That's high risk. And high risk means you're behind and be going to jail no matter how pretty you are. You can sit in heels in the prison cell and have those people up in there braid your hair, but you're behind and be in jail. Medium to high risk is not a good thing. Most offenders who do not go to jail are at um, a low risk. So the fact that, you know, recidivism, we're likely to be here again, seems to be very, very, very high for Tiffany. And I think that that's unfortunate because she has demonstrated through her actions. And there was a lot of stuff that would not have been before the court that we are aware of, including her assaulting her own family members. And they do nothing about it. And that only, in my opinion, um, you know, allows her to continue this behavior. So I think her mommy, honey child, you got to put your foot down with this child. If you really want to help her, you've got to show her a degree of tough love. What you're showing her will only enable her more. That's it. I ain't got nothing more to say about Tiffany. I'm just glad that it's over. And I'm sorry that the victims had to go through all of this. So Ingrid, um, Live says she's just bad. I don't see anything else wrong with her. Uh, bad. Ingrid says, morning, she will need family help to do all the court has ordered. Um, toxic says Alejandro. And um, yes, um, you know, she's going to need everybody's help. But unfortunately, I don't think that they even know how to help her. They probably need therapy as an entire family. Because sometimes we're enabling the worst behavior and we don't even know it, honey child. We don't, we, you know, we need help ourselves. All right, let's move on to politics. So yesterday was the um, report 
uh, it was the report. <laughs> Yesterday was the um, session of parliament where we had a vote of no confidence against the government. The government, um, although they lost the count, and this is one point they were trying to make yesterday, it's not just a simple majority. It is a two-thirds majority. And the reason for that is you can't just unseat a sitting government willy-nilly. Thank God Section 51 of the Constitution has that in there because, you know, my position continues to be that the progressives government has undoubtedly from day one refused to accept the results of the election. And they have just continued to beat at this government and try to take the government from them. However, I hope y'all understand because I like to be very fair and balanced. They would not be able to have done what they did yesterday if they did not smell blood. The sharks come circling when they smell weakness, when they smell blood in the water. And that blood in the water is coming from the inner issues that the PAC administration has had. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Too many crazy personalities that are out in left field, right field. We got John John and his madness. We're going to be going through his speech in a second. We got Chris Saunders and his duplicitousness. Uh, we have, you know, people in the circle who want power and money and won't even be honest enough to admit it, a.k.a. Kathy. Um, you know, people should just be honest. We have a leader who is not a perfect man. And after yesterday, I sat back and assessed the situation. I said, you know what? Everyone needs to take a step back and really try to ask themselves some questions about what they're doing in politics and if they're in the right position in politics, including Premier Panton. Okay, so I support him. I think he's a principled man, but I also think that he has, let's be honest, he has some weaknesses that people in his own party can continue to try to undermine and unseat him. They also smell a weakness in his personality because he's not the type of person, listen, if I'm leader, right, nobody's going to be coming in, not even within my own group group and be challenging my leadership the way that I see these guys challenging his leadership. But they think that he's weak. They think that, you know, the times that he should be talking and speaking out and speaking to the people and telling y'all exactly what's going on, right? He is more concerned about what they think and how they feel. Listen, let me be very, very honest with you. On more than one occasion, you know, the premier said, boy, Sandy, these guys are saying, you know, he never tells me what, who it is, but and it doesn't take a brain surgeon. I forgot, oh, they're saying this about you and they're criticizing you and they don't want you coming to my show. I say to him, Wayne, I don't care. It is your decision whether you come on or not. If you want to fall to their games, because what they're attempting to do, they think they're slick, but they're not slick. They believe, right? that they can impact me and they can silence me. They say, well, you don't go on her show. We'll all go on Radio K-Man, child, please. Come election time, the same people who are telling you, oh, don't come over here, are the same ones who are gonna be begging to come over here. The same ones who say that to you then call me when I have a private meeting about how they can come on the show. They're not fooling me. And unfortunately, the premier is one of those people who likes to listen to people, right? They get in his head and they play mind games with him, and they start to screw him mentally, they're not doing that with me. I know where I stand. I know what my position is. If you don't want to come in the program, you don't have to come in the program. But you're not telling me how many people are listening to this program because I have unrefutable evidence. It's not, it's not oh, well, 
maybe we're the number one talk show. We don't know. Honey child, on Facebook alone, we see the thousands of views every single day. Right? So they're, they're trying to control me is what they think by having telling these little things to the premier. It is his decision whether he wants to come in the program or not. That ain't got nothing to do with me. The invitation is there and I invite you. And you, I have always said, you need to talk more to the people. Oh, well, you know, things are sensitive. So I don't want to come and say, yeah, you know what? You better start calling a spade a spade. Because what we saw yesterday, even after the vote, let me bring up a few evidence because y'all know I got my, vid my video evidence with me. Um, so hold on here now. After the vote, somebody pointed out to me and big shout out to Kevin, who um, was amazing enough to put all these video clips for me because honey chill. By the time I got home last night and sorted out a seven-year-old and got her for bed, y'all know I was well tired. And I was like, oh, I need some dissections of, of this. You know, I know what I want to talk about, but I need the video clips to go along with it. And Kevin has spent some time grabbing and putting all this stuff together. Let me show you the divisiveness even after the vote. And we're going to break down some of this, right? Look at this situation. Look at this. For the avoidance of doubt, the eyes have it, but the motion has failed. All right. And before we, we'll talk about Kathy here in a second, but how she didn't know that it took 13, not 12, 11, 10, or nine to get here is absolutely ridiculous. I was sitting there shocked like, anyway, we, we, we didn't get to her this morning. But the eyes, um, so the motion failed because they needed a two-third majority. Now look at this situation. Despite that, you must understand what happened yesterday. We had three people abstain, and we're going to talk about those abstentions here in a second. But, you know, the leader of this country, the premier, must be feeling a particular way, right? That he almost lost the government. Now look at this. All right, so she said the eyes have it. Or the, the, the um, nose have it, sorry. But have a look at this now. Here, here's Judas Santa, you know, um, in this moment, she is going to touch the premier's hand. Look at the body language. It was almost out of sight on the camera. And she tries to touch his hand and he pulls away. Right? You, you, you know, yeah, she adjusts the mic and you can kind of see her trying to touch his hand. And he, his body language is like, listen, BIT, you know what? Leave me the hell alone. Because you're part of the reason why we are where we are. Mm, mm, mm. The coldness, the, the, the I'm going to turn my back to you kind of thing. You know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, folks. And I can only it's imagine. Adult, the eyes have it, but the motion has failed. <laughs> I mean, you have to understand how this man must feel. Knowing that his deputy premier is cutthroat and abstained and would have continued to cut his throat if she felt like she was number 13. She was only going to be number 13. She was not going to vote and move over to the other side, knowing that she would lose the position of deputy premier and she would, um, and you know, not be in the government. Right now, he's he's trying to ride with these people. Even in the L.A. yesterday, he's getting up. Talk about, oh, she's a good minister. Wow. That's a friggin' lie. If I ever heard of one. I don't know what he means by that, because the people don't think she's a good education minister. She does not even show up to graduation. Y'all have got to start listening to the people of this country. And we need cohesion. Now, it has got to be uber difficult to get along with some of these people, because let me be very, very frank. 
You've got all these different personalities. You've got a personality that's more conciliatory. You know, I want to think about things. I want to work things out. You've got people that are very knee jerky. Like I want to do it now and I got to do it now. And da, 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 da. you know, I, oh, 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 we got to call and talk show. We got to do this. We're going it, to, it's like the leader isn't like that. He's like, pump the brakes. We got to think things through. Maybe he does take a little bit too long, you know, and that's something that as a leader, he needs to address. Maybe his communication needs a little bit of work. Every single member now of this PAC government needs to be looking inward and asking themselves this morning, looking at the woman and man in the mirror and asking themselves, how can they do better? How can they improve? And this is one of the things that, um, to his credit, although he confused everyone by abstaining, um, Minister Andre Ebanks said that he needs to do better and he is going to step up to the plate. Everybody in this country, I don't care whether you're Juliana O'Connor, Conley, uh, supporter or not, everybody sees that woman for what she is. She is the female version of McKeever in a way, and trust me, that is not a compliment. When it comes to politics, she has elevated herself to this level, but at the same time, always seems prepared to be willing to sell her soul to, to whatever, whoever's in power. Not standing on a matter of principle. Now, I know they're going to try and ride the premier heavy for this today, and I don't really give a damn. You're going to have to ride him and he's going to have to get used to being ridden and he's going to have to get used to telling you all that he does not control me. Just like I don't control him, he doesn't control me, okay? I don't talk to him about what I'm going to say on this program. I don't need his okay. Y'all need to listen to the people of this country. I got my ears to the ground and I'm listening to the people of this country and I'm telling you, Judy Santa, you didn't acquire that name because of me. You had that name long before me. And you have flipped and flopped and, and flapped all over the place your entire political career. Your history speaks for itself. All we're asking you is to please, 14 more months is all you got left. Keep it together. Keep your personal feelings, whatever they may be about each other aside, and try to be professional. This is a job. And we expect y'all to get things done on behalf of the people of this country. It's as simple as that. So let's start at the beginning. So after the Tiffany fiasco, I walked over in the rain over the court. Like I said, got my hair all messed up. And I was like, whatever, to hell with that. Rain never killed nobody. I'm not in a beauty contest. Y'all don't really care what my hair looked like. Let's just walk over. And I walked in, went up in the galley. And there's a few people there. I was glad to see that some people came out to watch it live. Um, people like Mr. Um, Frank McField was there. Steve McField was there. Uh, Miss Irma Arch was there. There's some others, right? There's a young man there, Mr. Hunter. You know, he wanted to um, start to learn a little bit about politics. And this is what you need to do. Those of you who are like, oh, I want to run for politics, go and sit in the LA, see how it works. Listen to these guys. Yeah. It's not the same when you watch it on YouTube, I can tell you. Now, first and foremost, when I walked in, Chris Saunders was speaking. And of course, you know, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. On the one hand, you know, he's trying to praise the premier to oh, I would never want his job, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other hand, he's taking these jabs at him, which did not, um, they were certainly not lost on me, that's for sure. Um, I don't think we even have any clips from Chris because we were, we were like, whatever. Uh, but saying things like, um, oh, yes, Miss Mary Lawrence was there. Oh, honey child. Just as an aside, Miss Mary Lawrence always looks so pretty. Can somebody please tell Miss Mary how beautiful she was yesterday? Her hair and, and dress is always impeccable. 
This woman carries herself with a grace that I'm just like, oh my God. She had on these heels that I loved her shoes yesterday, but I can't even wear heels like that anymore. I said, Miss Mary, how can your eight or something, your old knees handle it? My 50-year-old knees can't even handle those heels. She looks so pretty though. Absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, she was there watching this hot mess of a situation as well, right? So of course we started off, um, Chris Saunders, he was speaking and he um, took some jabs at the career. Well, I know the cost of gas because I don't drive an electric vehicle. Shut the, shut up. Uh, because the premier drives an electric vehicle and he's trying to be more environmentally friendly, that's his business. It's his personal vehicle. He can afford an electric vehicle. And by the way, electric vehicles are really not that expensive. You can start with a Kia that's an electric vehicle and work your way up. That's the premier's business, right? Why, why would Chris need to say something like that? Oh, I don't know. The, I don't drive an electric vehicle, so I know the, the cost of gas. Do you think because the premier has one electric vehicle that he doesn't have other gas vehicles and he doesn't drive by a gas station every single day to know the cost of gas. You see, this is the childishness now that I'm talking about coming from our MPs. You and your platform shoes and your short man syndrome, we're going to talk about short man here in a second, need to get your stuff together, Chris. Intellectually, you know better. Okay? But he was there trying to take jabs at all sorts of people. Then he's like, oh, well, I can't just care about the environment. Really? Well, you better start caring about the environment. No one has ever said that you just care about the environment. People have said you can't discard the environment and care not care about it at all, which is what we have done for far too long and why we're where we are. Is the pendulum swinging too far the other way? I believe in balance. In all things, balance. Okay, but if we've never cared for the environment, if we've destroyed so much of it already, now that people are starting to say, well, hold on, what's going to be an environmental impact of this? We need an environmental impact study. We need to take your time. What's the problem? Because it's not expedient. It's not going to, you can't just knock everything down and throw in a road and that's going to be that. The people don't even want that anymore. You need to listen to the people. But they keep trying to put this anti-environment rhetoric out there to try to hoodwink you people into thinking, oh, that's the extreme view. There has to be a balanced view. And the balanced view, in my opinion, includes an environmental impact study, because then how are you going to know? We're going to talk about some of the nonsense that John John was talking about in terms of this same thing, the East-West arterial. He's suggesting just throw it up there and we'll know the impact once it's up there. I'm like, really? Somebody needs to slap you, son, because you're clearly not taking your medication. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning, Sandra. Mm-hmm. You're morning, darling. With me. How are you? You're struggling. You're struggling. Tell me. Nerve. You're yes, nerve. sir. What's going on? This uh, this east-west arterial and this environmental impact study. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been fired from jobs because I refused to clear land for clients from pillar to post, mm-hmm. only to put back, only to import stuff and put back in. You can imagine. Uh, but I also gonna tell you this: we have to be realist, mm-hmm. and what we do know is there has to be a road. Yes, and everybody, so, even the premier, accepts that. Everybody accepts yeah. that. Yes, the, the, the purpose of the, of the everybody, EIA. Everybody has been accepting that for the last forty years. Exactly. That's the problem. Here's the thing, People are done when their children have to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I agree a thousand percent. But you know what is so crazy? 
This is the first government, as you say, in the last 25 plus years, I don't know about 40 years for the East West, but at least 25 years, this is the first government that has been able to move it forward. It sat there for a year and nothing was even done. So and it's now still that sitting, this government, no, but I mean, no, 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 no. The, the, the process has started. So now that the process is underway, we need to get the NRA in here to update us on where the process is. If I'm going to give you an analogy, I'm going to give you an analogy. If the process has started, it's like on your marks, get set, go, and then you do a zoom into the start line, and it's two snails. Well, we're so, we're going to get an update. So, so here, so here's the deal. Uh-huh. People, people run on emotions and on their financial wherewithal, uh-huh. and both of them are done. Okay. So what I'm saying to you is, we know it has to go in there. Uh-huh. We need to go in, and 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 here's the thing: we've also legislated ourselves into stupidity, if I dare say so. Uh-huh. In that, it's in that we. It was a time. Oh, you can't touch the Iron Shore. Uh-huh. Drive all up and down the West Coast, and even in some other places where there's Iron Shore, where our forefathers actually cut slips in. Then they can't. Oh, you can't touch the North Sound. You 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 can't touch a tree. Look mm-hmm. at every single subdivision from Governor's Harbor all up to, to 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 the to the shores, all the way down to, to, to what we you call Rockland's Canal in North Sound Estates. Mm-hmm. All of that. Look look at at Cayman Kai. But let me let me ask you. Hold on, hold on, Stick up in, stick up in. Mm-hmm. Look at Cayman Kai, pumped sand, man-made peninsula. Mm-hmm. Okay, teeming with environment. Yes, we are going to have a short-term pain. For a long-term gain, yeah. and yes, and yes, we know that we're going to have but to do it in a way. That we minimize, let me finish. Let me finish my thought. We're mm-hmm. going to do it where we minimize our long-term, our short-term pain for the environment. But the reality is this: we're taking so bloody long that by the time the studies is done and the work needs to start, we need to do a whole new EIA because we got a whole new environment. And therein lies our problem. We, this is not this is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. We know we're going to have to put a footprint in there, and we do it minimizing this whole thing, and then we we go on through. But mm-hmm. this this thing is stretched out for years, and I'm sorry, but those of us who are stuck in the eastern districts, mm-hmm. and those of us who are financially destitute because we can't, you, we, 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 everything else is just going on. We have no tolerance and patience anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel for the premier. I'm actually a supporter of the premier. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, mm-hmm. I support him. But that's back to your whole point. There's just some things where you just need to take a bull by the horns and just do the damn job. Yeah. And that is what everybody let, let does. Us, right. Well, let us so, remind ourselves, um, caller and everybody else who's listening, the EIA is not an optional um, you know, requirement. It is required by law. Right. I get that it's required by and, law, and but the, the previous different procedures, and then on top of what the, the powers have been given by the DEH, which, quite frankly, and I make no apologies, are a bunch of tree huggers, and I have no problem being tree hugger because God knows I got cursed out when I built my my property, and 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 the truckers wanted to uh, tear a tree down because they didn't want to maneuver around trees, and I refused. But there's just a level of asinine stupidity. If I dare mm-hmm. say so. And with that, right. I leave you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. So listen, I'm I'm not in the tree hugging business either. But I think again, the only way we can know, and this is a massive project. We've not undertaken a project of this magnitude um ever, right? So I think that we need to be realistic um about what this is going to take and the potential environmental impact that it will have. The whole purpose of the EIA is not to stop the road. The whole purpose of the EIA is to tell us what we can do, make professional recommendations. We brought in this overseas um, entity, you know, that is going to tell us what we can do. 
to try to mitigate as best as possible any real impacts. Um, does it mean, you know, moving the road in this area a little bit this way or that way? Listen, it's important. It's required by law. One of the issues is there's some MPs who want to um, skirt past the law and just throw the road in. And that we cannot do. I am flabbergasted um, that on a constant basis, we, um, sorry, on a constant basis, we have members of parliament who are talking about breaking laws of this country, and yet they expect you and I to, to be law-abiding citizens. I have a real fundamental problem with that. I have a fundamental problem with people even joking about making breaking the laws in parliament. To me, that is just disgraceful. And we're going to talk about some of those as well. But, you know, it's about balance, folks. That caller has said, you know, he's lost jobs because he said, no, you can't take down all of these trees. He's also shared that he's thinking that in some instances, you know, the situation has just gone too far. It's gone too far in the opposite direction. Balance is key and balance is really, really important. Having said that, I've had the opportunity to sit down with, with members of DEH, Ms. Gina Petrie, um, and I've had opportunities to speak to the National Conservation Council. We're going to do a, a, another segment, I think, with them. But their recommendations, recommendations happen on 1% of planning applications. Yet, if you listen to the rhetoric of certain people in the community, you would swear that they're stopping projects left, right, and center, and 80% of projects are being stopped in this country. The people have already said, too much development. Let's slow down just a little bit. Let's get our footing. Let's start to think about who we're building for. What are we building? Who are we building it for? Who is it benefiting? Anyway, let, let's get back. This is not going to be an environmental show today, but it did come up. Um, in relation to the East-West and a couple other things. So when Chris Saunders makes the comment that he can't um, just be about the environment, I find that to be a very irresponsible and shocking um, statement to make coming from an MP. You know, members of parliament uh, put themselves out to be leaders, community leaders. One of the functions that you have as a community leader is you need to bring balance to conversation. You need to bring... Um, you know, sensible discussion to a conversation. It's when campaign season is up and running, we expect to hear a lot of BS and a lot of, you know, foolishness that you really cannot believe. But what has occurred to me is that a lot of people are in campaign mode 24-7. Even yesterday, Chris went on and on and on. I don't even know how long he spoke for. He must have took up almost his full two hours. And it was not, 95% of it had nothing to do with the motion that was before the House yesterday, before Parliament. And I was like, why are we listening to you? What is this all about? You know, people were in the comment section like, what is he going on and on about? Just wrap it up already. Because you're not even on point. Some people just love to hear themselves talk. And if you're talking, he spoke for one hour and 20 minutes. Thank you, Kevin. One hour and 20 minutes. And if five minutes of that was actually spent on point, that was plenty. Okay. He took a jab at the premier on the one hand. Oh, you know, he's a good man. I wouldn't want his job. Yes, you actually wanted his job. Stop your lying. You wanted nothing more than to be premier of this country. And I can tell you right now, it's it not happening under no circumstances. You'll be lucky if you hold on to your seat next time. We just need one viable candidate. Step up to the plate, folks. Right? Somebody with integrity. One hour and 20 minutes full of dribble. 
That's all I could hear from him. Mm -mm -mm. So, um, he tried to take a swipe at me for him. Chris, you and I are not even in the same league. Can I just tell you? I pay you very little mind when it comes to that. Or, you know, um, he, I, don't, I don't listen to talk shows. When I'm driving my kids to school in the morning, make your kids take the bus, by the way. Why are you driving your kids to school? Hmm? When you're going to talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the problems with the car and this not, make your child take the bus. Set, just rule by example. When I drive my kids to school, I don't listen to the talk show. Well, first of all, there's more than one talk show in the morning. So you're being a liar and you're, you're not being very sensible. Um, you mean to tell me that you never listen to Radio K-Man? You don't listen to OC? You don't listen to, I don't know if there's any other morning talk shows, but we know that that's a lie. Because when, when your comrades are over with OC, of course you're tuned in listening to them. But, you know, he was trying to refer to me as though he could hurt my feelings. Chris Saunders, you're not capable of hurting my feelings, honey, Joe. Oh, and if I open my mouth and I start talking, London, will I go into that? Start talking. I don't, I, only God knows what you're talking about. But start talking. If you know so much, um, then start talking. We would love to hear you say something sensible for change. An hour and 20 minutes and everybody was like, what is this man going on about? Made little to no sense. The one thing, though, that was very, very clear. Oh, and they're talking about I want garrison politics and, and they're coming at me about my identity. Chris Saunders, if you're a Caymanian, right? I'm a Caymanian. If you're a Caymanian, you got any worries about people coming after you about your identity? I'm going to talk about that here in a second because Makiva tried to come at me about my identity. And so I need to, I need to set Makiva straight. But if you know who you are, what's the issue? Unless you're confused about who you actually are. Because I can I can defend my identity and who I am. Right? You, on the other hand, need to answer that for yourself. I can't answer that for you. That's entirely a matter for you. The reason why we say you're into this garrison-style politics has nothing to do with the fact that people are saying you're a Jamaican. It's the fact that you frequent Jamaica and you're getting knee deep in Jamaican politics and with Jamaican politicians and the same tactics that they're using there, garrison style tactics, is the same tax that you, tactics that you want to bring here. He asked us if we, if we even know what a garrison is. It's an analogy. It's not meant to be an exact comparison. We're aware that we don't yet have garrison style politics, but we will get there if we don't put the boot to some of you politicians. And in fact, what I found particularly interesting is you were campaigning, talking about, oh, we need to hurry up and, and, and get this, um, we need to hurry up and, and get this pension, make people hurry up and pass this so people get access to their pension money. You see, that's called buying votes. He wants y'all to think that he is doing you a favor by pushing through this initiative to help you uh, pillage your pension funds even more. And I can tell you, if you have, you heard, what Mr. Miles said this morning about financial literacy. If you have one bit of sense, you will leave your pensions alone. Hmm? What is your long-term game plan? Take your pensions and pay off your mortgage to then turn around and remortgage it and get in more debt. And by the way, you're going to be penalized for withdrawing from your pensions. 
You have to pay it back plus the 1% penalty. Think about how much financial sense that makes. It's not free money. And despite the political rhetoric that wants you to think that this is such a great idea and it's going to benefit you in the long run, you will regret doing it, especially if you're not being wise about it. You've got to pay the money back. Do you have the financial cushion right now to pay that money back plus the penalty? Think on it carefully. But you see, he just wants you to be short-sighted. Go get the money grab because then campaign season, he's going to say, oh, I did that. He talked about cynical, right? Oh, you know, I want everybody to be able to go to cynical. Cynical, uh, we'll ask um, for an FOI for their financial position, but probably like most other government agencies and banks, they're probably hemorrhaging money. They're not making any money. Yes, Cynico has benefited people and it is there for a reason, but it's not meant to be the primary insurance provider for every single person in this country. Go look at the United States of America by comparison right in Florida. See what the government-ran insurance uh, property entity is doing right now. They're soon going to be bankrupt because of the fact that they can't get it together in private sector. Private sector businesses are meant to provide services to the community, and yes, it comes at a cost. But do not kid yourselves for one second, folks, to believe that what government offers doesn't come at a cost. You can pay for it, and we pay for it, right? Pension liabilities for the civil service, we pay for. Cynical for the civil service, and if it's going beyond the civil service, we all pay for that. Government fees, stamp duty, all sorts of duty goes into the government coffers to help pay for it. There is no such thing as a free meal, not even from your own government. Those are the real truths that he should be telling y'all. And instead, he's campaigning, making you think you're getting free money. So you should continue to vote for the likes of him. All right. Someone says Miss Mary Lawrence is amazing. As a bit of community service, she needs to take you to Santa shopping. <laughs> I can't with y'all. Will y'all please behave this morning? Cha. That Judas woman really needs a makeover and a pedicure. How can she say she represents the Caymanian woman, not me um, or Miss Mary either? Lord Jesus. Wow. Y'all not easy. Um, then they use the F word. Y'all can figure out which F word. Uh, Judas is the premier, Andre deputy, and Wayne speaker. Say what? What, is this a new development that I'm missing? Okay, Lord have mercy. Uh, This person says Saunders was the same one that wanted people to pay back 10% in their pension to repay what was borrowed during COVID. Now he wants people to get more access, idiot. And they spelled it E-D-D-O-I-T, like K-miners say idiot. Um, Yes, honey child. This other person says, um, oh, they gave us a breakdown of how long people spoke for. All right, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, yes. Okay. All right. So, um, we, we not, the other thing of note that, that Chris said, and let me just scan some of your comments. Um, good morning. Shaka Zulu says, I agree. The beautiful Cayman Islands needs a few more Sandys encouraging generational Caymanians to be more socially responsible and develop social and political fortitude. Uh, Miss Lynette, good morning. Says every important decision should take a lot of thought especially when it's affecting a country as a whole. Absolutely. Uh, Sai, good morning to you. Angela, how are you? 
Uh, she says, true, true. Miss Mary is the best. Still trying to get her for my Cayman Voices segment. And Natasha says, ask them about the several new vehicles purchased for MPs when they can't agree on the budget. Ooh, honey child. Natasha, stick a pin. I'll come in right back to you. Good morning, Miss Joy. Haley is in the house. Garrett says, once we know the impact, it'll be too late by his standards. Well, this is the problem. Why the EIA is in law and why it's required. Because you can't undo, you know, when I hear people like John, John talking about, let's just do it, and then we'll, we'll deal with the consequences later. Sometimes the consequences are so significant that you cannot undo them. Um, let me give you an example, right? And this goes directly to Chris Saunders. Um, Chris went and complained to um, DEH, Department of, no, DEO and others about some gully system, might have been NRA, I can't remember who he complained to, but some gully situation that was created down in Northward. And it's because a developer was permitted to clear this massive piece of land, right? They gave no consideration to when he cleared it, where the flow, because then you change the flow of everything, rainwater and the whole nine yards. Nobody thought about it. Nobody gave any consideration. And now it's causing other people's yards to get flooded. This happens all the time in the Cayman Islands because the truth of the matter is Cayman is one big swamp um, island, okay? Very, very little. We have little bits of um, volcanic rock, but we are swampy and marshy. Go and look at, on a good day, Google Maps, and you will see even up east end, supposed high rock, blah, blah, blah. When you, you can actually see on the live Google Map analysis the water just settling. I saw somebody, they're selling a couple acres of land. I thought, hmm, I wonder if that'd be a good investment. You know, we need to think going out more and, you know, health cities out there and there's going to be expansion out east. So I went and looked at it because the price was good for, you know, three, four acres or whatever. And when I went on Google Maps, I'm like, this water's all, this land is all underwater. This is swamp. And then I had to remind myself at Sandy, that would have been the case for most of the Cayman Islands. Swamp, we've had to build this island up. And it will never be high enough given the environmental, um, you know, ramifications of global warming and everything else. We will remain a swamp. So he went complaining to NRA and others about this, this flooding that, that his constituents are now having to deal with. Why? Because no one took the time when they approved that development to think about the implications of that and how it was going to change the very flow, the natural flow of where the water is going to go. So if anybody knows the importance about caring about the environment, it should be Chris Saunders. But he's not going to share that story with you all. He's not going to tell you that because that's not ex politically expedient to do so. Ask the folks down in Northward who know what I'm talking about because they would be well familiar with the area. Ask them how they're handling having, you know, ankle deep water sitting in their yard for days on end every single time we have a little rain. And hush about the damn mosquitoes and the dengue fever that they're going to be catching from it. Balance is what's required. And we have to consider the environment. We can't just discard the environment. So Marshall says the crap that most of the PPM members are talking about yesterday was a straight up hot mess and waste of time. Yes, I would agree with most of it. But even a broken clock is right twice a day. Michelle, good morning, says Alfredo Rivers, uh, she's actually the only MP in West Bay doing anything for their constituents. She has a huge impact in her community. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about Kathy. Mm, okay. If you say so, Michelle, most people would not agree with you. But anyway, 
Uh, Everton says, if you're lying uh, in your pocket with dollars from those developers, why would you vote against their cause? Of course not. If you're lining, maybe. Uh, good morning to uh, Miss Sue. She says Chris Saunders is full of himself in his own mouth. Shannon says Andre has also done a lot. He's the best West Bay has had ever, in my opinion. I have nothing against Kathy, but she's not the only one serving West Bay. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let, 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 let's not get into a pissing competition this morning. But um, y'all need a reality check with some of these things. But anyway, um, Angela says, I'm always asking myself why they're cutting out the trees and putting up these concrete buildings. Why? And trees are a livelihood in our protection. And it seems to me that some of y'all have forgotten that trees actually produce oxygen. Trees help with pollution. So, you know, y'all like, oh, I don't have to care about the environment. That's not my concern. But without an environment, we're dead in the water, folks. Let's be very, very honest. We're already overfishing. When you hear people talking about how they could just walk into the ocean and scoop up a lobster less than, less than 60 years ago, and we can't do that no more. We can barely find lobster. Y'all need to understand the implications of what we have already done to the environment. And we cannot... To the caller's last point, just because something has been done in the past, and I get it because I see the duplicity of some people who now have homes in South Sound and they're enjoying the benefit of somebody clearing out mangroves so that they could have this nice, beautiful home. I hear them now being the biggest, you know, thumpers and, and you can't touch a mangrove and you can't do this. Your house was once mangroves and somebody touched it in order for you to live where you are. And I don't see you, you know, saying that you're going to relinquish that or you're going to give that up. Now you can afford to be an environmentalist and have standards because it's not going to directly impact you because you already have yours. I understand the imbalance in that situation. But at the same time, I also understand that the things that we have done that have not served us, you know, good and put us in good stead we cannot continue to do those things and expect a different or better result. It's going to be the exact same thing. And so we do need to make some changes. Live says that that means that he listens to the show. How would he know that people are questioning his identity liar? I mean, obviously he could quote what we were saying about garrison politics. So I have no doubt that Chris Saunders listens to the show. Chris Saunders for a politician is too thin-skinned. He has always gotten in his feelings. And I've known this about him even when I supported him. I'm like, Chris, you need to stop taking things so personal. Yeah? He, he seems confused about what it is that he's doing even. One of the interesting things that he um, mentioned yesterday is he wanted to take a jab at the previous governor. And I thought that that was... Very, very interesting. Because his jab at the governor um, basically was that he caused a the 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 troubles that he had, right, with um the premier were caused because of the governor. This is what he said. Kevin, I don't know if we can clip that section, but he talked about that short man. Refer to him as a short man. Now, I think that that's so funny and so ironic because a man who has to refer to somebody else as a short man, but yet he wears platform shoes to elevate his own height. Seems you got a little height problem, honey chill. You probably, that's the pot calling the kettle black. You probably shouldn't be going around calling people short 
when you must wear heels all the time in order to physically elevate your stature. I've never quite seen anything like it. The only other person that I know that does platform shoes as a man is Tom Cruise. And you know what they say about men who have to compensate in such ways. Other things probably small and short too. But I won't go there this morning. I'm just saying. Just as an aside note, that, that pops up in the back of my head. But anyway, let's move on. So he wants to blame the governor. And let me be very, very clear in case you've ever missed the show. And you're not aware of why Chris Saunders got fired from his position. It had nothing to do uh, with his performance as a minister. It had nothing to do with, you know, being financials, um, the finance minister. But it had everything to do with his inability to just be decent around women in particular and show respect to people in general. And I want to say this to every MP this morning. I don't care if it's Jay Ebanks, Chris Saunders, um, you know, what, what the next one name there? Um, oh, gosh. Um, Kenneth, Kenneth, um, Kenneth Bryan, you know, Premier Panton. You guys have got to be disrespect. Uh, you guys have got to be respectful to yourselves in cabinet and caucus in parliament. Oh, Prince also wore platform shoes. Poor him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the additional information. But you also have to be respectful to the civil service. Andre talked about the civil service is so um, stressed out. No one should be in a work environment and feel like they're being sexually harassed, they're being yelled and screamed at, they're being disrespected. That's not how you present yourself at work. You don't do it. And Chris is one of the members who has had a historical problem with this. And so you can't blame the previous governor for your bad behavior. Once again, please be willing to take some personal accountability. Right? Hmm? You don't work for yourself. You have to get on with other people. You have to know how to speak to people in a respectful manner. This man, some of the stories that I've heard about people would literally civil servants be doing him a favor almost, going out of their way to assist him with something personal, and he just rude and rank. Your mama taught you better than that, son. You not telling me that she didn't teach you better than that. What has happened to you? A little something gone to your head? But then people say, Sandy, he was like that at HSBC. He was like that at Digicel. Attitude, full of attitude. Learn to humble yourself a little bit, sir. And it's not the first time. You think the premier wanted to fire Chris Saunders? Talking to him, giving him chance upon chance, and the man would not change his behavior. I told you all this story of how he had demanded a driver from protocol. He, he only wanted one specific driver and his driver had gone on vacation. And sometimes when you see him asking, oh, they only want one specific driver, it's because they got something to hide and that driver know the places that they be going and instructing them to go. They should put a GPS here where I can go now. And I know they're not going to like it, but I don't give a damn. Put a GPS in all government vehicles and track exactly where they're going. Because if it's not government business, he jump up, he need a driver too. I'm, I'm deputy premier, I need a driver, I'd be tired. Only God knows where you're tired from because he wasn't working that hard. But anyway, I, I, I'm tired. In other countries, I would have a driver. Okay, 
protocol, get me a driver. So they start picking him up. You see the attitude, the entitlement, picking him up in the mornings, taking him to work, giving him driver. He won't be just like the premier. I need driver. The funny thing is the premier is the opposite. He a little bit too humble. Protocol having to fight with him about, sir, we provide you a driver. You must use the driver. Instead, he tell the driver to get in his electric vehicle because he's not going to waste government gas to go nowhere. And then he driving the driver, the driver not even driving him. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? You know how many times I've seen we in Panton do that? Even when we had that storm, was it last year? That little wannabe hurricane that took down trees and all that kind of stuff. And we were doing um, a drive through Newlands and he was doing an assessment, right? And I was there with him in the truck and I was like, excuse me, sir, why are you driving? You have a driver. And he's like, no, 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 he can't drive me. Mike and sit. I know where I'm going. And poor Norman. Norman, I heard you weren't feeling yet well yesterday. Um, I hope you're feeling better today. Just take some rest, child, because even y'all even stress, not poor Norman, the driver. Wishing you a full recovery. Um, but poor Norman was like, listen, if if he wants to drive me, you know, he he's running the show. I let him, I let him drive me. You know, he's not gonna make no argument with the man. But I know that sometimes he the, the premier does not listen to protocol either. They're like, sir, we put these things in place and you should do it in a particular way and you should, you know. But at least what he's doing is not costing the taxpayers money. Right? So Chris demanded his driver. Then all the other ministers, because they're all childish. And, and as John John rightfully said, like I said, a broken clock can be right twice a day now, you know. John John said, well, you know, they were all young. They were all new ministers and they wouldn't take the time to learn and listen, blah, blah, blah. That is true, too. I would, that's the, probably the only correct thing that John John said, but I'm going to have to agree with him. They all in there and they just let it go to their heads. All of a sudden they're like, well, Chris got driver. We're ministers. We want drivers too. It's like, here we go. Here goes the budget. We all must get you new cars and this and that and blah, blah, blah shenanigans. Drive your damn self. You make enough money where if you wanted to inject something into the economy, you could hire your own driver. Anyway, so he had his driver. The driver was on vacation. He puts in a request for a special person. Only a certain Jamaican officer can then drive him. All right. Apparently, the protocol manager was ahead of protocol, was on vacation. So she and I had nothing to do with this. And the people that were left behind to handle it, they, um, I don't know if they missed the email, they didn't get the message, whatever. So they didn't send that specific driver that Chris Saunders wanted to his house. Let me tell y'all what he did. He comes outside, sees that the driver that he wanted is not there. Well, he not getting in the car with this man. He ain't getting his own vehicle and drive off and leave the driver sitting there. How rude and froppish can you be? You see the attitude? Any other sensible person and decent person would have walked up to the driver and said, oh, hi, sir. I'm, you know, Deputy Premier Chris Saunders. Um, you're my driver for the day? Yes, yes, Mr. Saunders. Oh, you know, I had requested so-and-so. Only God knows why you need somebody very special. But anyway, but, you know, never mind, never mind. You can take me to work today and I'll get it sorted out when I go there. Did he do that? No. He seen a man sitting there and get his car and drive off and the man's like, what going on? And then the call Sam Rose and lodge one big time complaint by yo, your, your workers in that cabinet office. They don't know what they're doing because protocol falls under the cabinet office. And poor Sam. Chris, Chris controls Sam like mm, got him dance around a little skirt. 
And of course, then Sam is like, oh, what y'all doing? Y'all upsetting the premier. Y'all need to apologize to the deputy premier. You know, Chris Saunders called me all upset and cursing Karen on. I mean, when someone spoke to him about coming on to people in the office in the early days, they said, you know, Chris, Mr. now you're deputy premier. I will address you as deputy premier Saunders. We're in a professional environment. You know, you can't be talking to women like this. Please carry yourself with some decorum. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can meet up, you know. I, mean, I got a perfect hotel. That one where you, you go underground parking, nobody's not going to see you. Sir, please. You know, we, we passed that stage of our relationship. Let's not go there. I don't give a fuck. All this cursing. When someone is trying to give you good advice, that is why you got fired. It had nothing to do with the governor. Stop blaming the English people them for everything and take some responsibility for your own bad behavior. Hmm. So, of course, I told you all I was there and I heard his speech. And, of course, him and McKeever, thick as, thick as thieves now, when just not too long ago he could even stand McKeever. I'm done with Machina. I'm done with him. He not no good. Sandy, I tried to work with him. I done with him. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I don't pay him no mind because they, they kiss up and, and become bosom buddies again. So yeah, yeah, that right. Tell him about that media. Tell him about media. That makes you up in the house. No respect. Mac, you need to shut the hell up. I'm so sick and tired of you. It's not even funny. So they took a break after Saunders' um, lunch break. And so, of course, he came out and I, I had to chuckle. Poor, poor cousin Frank. Oh, cousin Frank. You did not run up to Chris Saunders after his speech to try and, and congratulate him. When he was seen one time about how you was the most ungrateful person he's ever seen right during COVID and how he would never help you again. And the only reason he was helping you because his daddy and you were friends for how many years, but you too ungrateful and you this and that. And then you have run up and kissed this man behind. That's the problem with us as a Cayman Ninja. Y'all need to stop kissing people behind first and foremost. Okay. So he came out. I was coming down the stairs. Um, like I said, Miss Mary was looking suave. Miss Irma come down the stairs. I, I let my seniors go first, and I was come behind them. So here comes Chris now, trying to be shady. Oh, good morning, Miss Irma. Good morning, Miss Mary. And he wouldn't say good morning to me. Honey child, you are not capable of hurting my feelings. All you do is demonstrate your immaturity. You are my MP. Need you forget. I live and reside in your constituency. You are my MP and we have a whole neighborhood of people who are sick and tired of you and your shenanigans. Who've been asking me, Miss Sandy, what choices will we have in the next election? How can we educate ourselves about the candidates? And we're going to start early. And I can tell you what, you might not be getting back in if the right candidate runs against you. So keep up the attitude you go on through. Now, in the end, I was so shocked and surprised that this man, is his name on this, who actually signed this document, see his signature there? Mr. Christopher Saunders MP signed this document calling on this special meeting of the House in order to call a vote of no confidence, had the audacity to vote in abstention. In other words, he refused to vote yay or nay. He refused, yeah, to be um, heard. I mean, he did his whole hour and something minute speech and then refused to let his vote be counted. 
What is this all about? Everybody was confused. People are like, what? I, I, I don't even know what to make of it, except this man loves to play games. And so this is part of the game. I don't know what the end goal is here. He knew that that opposition never had the numbers. So why are you over there lollygagging and giving us an hour plus speech about nothing and everything all at the same time? What was, what was the point? Time wasters. They obviously think that we, the people, have nothing else to do. You sign this to say that being duly elected members of parliament do hereby requisition the summoning of a meeting to call this government into question. And the whole idea of this being sent around is what the PPM was saying is that the people who signed this are in favor of a vote of no confidence. And yet when they had the division and a division is done so everybody goes on record, you turn around and then say you're abstaining, you're not even voting. confused. But you know, it just demonstrates the duplicity, duplicitousness of Chris Saunders and many of our other MPs. It is absolutely disgraceful. Let's move on from him because we got more donkeys to analyze. Um, Moya says, what was sad, the message PPM kept repeating is that they need to work together but not one of them is willing to cross that floor and join the current government to work with them. No, their version of working together requires them controlling the helm. Ooh, honey child, can we get a kaboom? Kaboom! I could not say it better. Just convenient rhetoric. They have no concept of working together. And let me be very, very honest. They had 12 years at the helm and how much better was your life because of it? Give somebody else a chance. And here's a crazy thing. thing. No one went after them during the 12 years consistently like how they have done after this PAC government because they had their issues too. You know, I'm talking about internal strife in the PAC government. They had their issues too. Remember when the previous premier, Alden, had to fire Ozzy? Remember him and Ozzy who grew up like brothers don't even break bread anymore? Of course, they've had their, this is the nature of politics. He has got in the campaign trail and said and done things to some of his colleagues and said things about his colleagues. I can tell you that Ozzy did not take too kindly to them. So him and Ozzy are done. And they grew up, I understand, like brothers. Ozzy was an only child. They were Lions brothers together. They were childhood friends. He considered Alden his brother. And Alden has cut his throat on more than one occasion. And Ozzy is done with this man. Remember Juliana? How many times it didn't cross the floor? Um, we had, what's the former member from um, Newlands again? Um, Alva. Alva went back and forth how many times? Quit the, quit the progressives with um, Mr. Eden. They had their problems. Wayne Panton was a progressive member. He resigned. Ozzy resigned. Right? Um, the member from the former member from East San Arden, him and Alden had issues because Alden has always been power hungry. 
So even within the power in the party, there was a specific method of choosing the party leader. Al then went around, went behind Arden's back and started telling people they must vote for him. They must do this. He refused to follow the process, the constitutional process of the party. I was in the party at the time. There's not a hearsay. I'm telling you what I know. And that is Alden McLaughlin for you. He's always been power hungry. And he will cut anybody off, including people who were like his brother their entire lives. He don't care. When you're not of any use to Alden McLaughlin, he will cut you at the knees and keep walking. He did it to Arden. That's why Arden left the PPM. When they were going through the whole LGBTQ situation, Juliana was all up in her feelings and praying and carrying on. She was ready to quit the party. They have had their issues as well. They just did a better job, in my opinion, of covering up, number one. And number two, they didn't have any outside forces trying to take them down. So that is a very important distinction to make. Unlike this government, who has teething problems, and that's to be expected. First-time MPs, first-time um, ministers, right? And I've always said a first-time MP should never be a first-time minister, but they had no choice. So from day one, these sharks called the PPM were doing nothing but circling around. And they keep coming at them over and over and over again. I've never quite seen anything like it. All right. Let's carry on. Philip says yesterday's meeting was more like a campaign launch for the PPM and opposition rather than a debate on the motion. Like I said, Chris Saunders didn't even hardly touch on the motion. Did anyone even get a count of how many times John John asked McKeever for forgiveness in his speech? What a Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, McKeever. Ingrid says, you see government vehicles, very important places like beauty salons, supermarket, pickup for kids and so forth. Like I said, if we're going to hold everybody to accountability standards, put a GPS tracker in all of those. And there's certain things that you should never be doing with a government vehicle. Go do your own damn grocery shopping. Y'all have wives at home that they don't do nothing else. Send them grocery shopping. You have a helper? Send her grocery shopping. Huh? Hmm. Good morning, Miss Janet. She says, Mom never took a driver when she was speaker. Well, child, that's because your mother's a mature woman who understands the implications of such things. Um, no, Miss Sue, that was definitely not mentioned. Let's let's continue. Uh, Leroy, I mean, uh, Leroy says that I need to give them some brownies. One mess. <laughs> Jonathan got me laughing. He said the scientific term for all of this is a cluster. Fill in the blank with an F. Nosa Salvin, good morning. Uh, Sandra, we've had three members of government resign, and last night, two members of government abstained in an important vote on the confidence or lack thereof of their own government. It may be conceivable to see the deputy premier abstaining, but Andre was a shocker. Inquiry minds is left to conclude that something is wrong. Not even inquiry minds, but Andre said it, something, some things are wrong in government. Well, the country suffers the consequences. What is happening now? that they, and unfortunately got cut off. Well, I've said it earlier, obviously something is wrong. Even a blind man can see that. And they all need to take some accountability and they all need to get it together, quite frankly. Yeah. 
Um, who are you referring to, Miss Della? She says, I hope he knows this is not a good sign for anyone trusting him to do the right thing. Who's who's he? There's a lot of he's in there, so we need to figure out which one you mean. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Nixon, good morning, says, in addition to your comment, we also need educated and qualified Caymanians to run in the next election to make our country better and not just in it for the paycheck. Um, I'm going to get to that in just a second, Miss Kimberly, because that was something that featured um, in the, the speech of um, Sabrina Turner. Okay, so um, l- let's talk now. I'm going to briefly touch on McKeever's presentation. I, Chris Saunders, thank you, Miss Della, for confirming. I did not um, have an opportunity to um, really uh, hear McKeever's speech in person. So let me just say that. I did not listen to him at all. I was actually busy trying to get things done. You, you all know I work and I do have a life. <laughs> And so, um, what day is garbage day in West Bay, y'all? We need some help here. Um, all right, I'll have to figure that out later. Um, okay, so let me see if Jason can give me a hand here. Okay, so listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So listen, you know, uh, the only thing that I'm going to say, somebody said something about Makiva called me a Nowarian. So I, I don't know what Makiva meant by that. And I didn't listen. So I don't know exactly what the context Monday. So with the holiday, when are they coming? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the context of, of it is. And, you know, um, we have certain terms in our Caymanian colloquial dictionary that um, are meant to insult people. So calling somebody uh, driftwood, for example, is an insult. That means you're just drifting in, you're a foreign object, you're not really considered one of us. Um, calling someone a Nowarian, that means that they don't belong anywhere, they don't know where they're from, or I don't, I don't know exactly, like I said, the context in which Makiva was trying to use it. I've done a specific video, go check social media, addressing him. And I'm going to shorten it here and I'm going to say this. I don't take insult to people calling me names that don't apply to me. You can call me any name in the book. That doesn't mean that I might not respond to you, right? But it's not so much an insult if it's not true. However, Mr. Bush, with no respect intended, because I'm not going to give you any because you don't earn any, especially when it comes to women. Let me say this to you. There are a lot of words, descriptive phrases that I could use to describe you. I would much rather be called a Nowarian than a woman beater, a wife beater, a drunk, uh, a bisexual closeted man who sings in a church choir and won't be honest and come out of the choir at 60 something years old. There's a lot that we could use to describe you, lots of terms, right? Um, That you should be more insulted by. You need to start getting your life together at your age. Instead of trying to insult me, talk about I'm a Nowarian. Call me anything you want. I'm speaking the truth. And you, Mr. Bush, can't handle the truth if it slapped you in the face. And that's the truth. Okay? So that don't bother me. I'm a Nowarian. Okay. I know where I come from. I'm a Georgetowner. I come from Hospital Road, son. Yes, I grew up in the States. And thank God for that because I had 15 years of being away from this rock to give me a little bit of perspective and 
an appreciation for what it is that we have here. You don't get to insult me talking about I'm a Nowarian. Both of my parents are Caymanian just like you. And I come from multiple lines and generations of Caymanian same way, right? My grandfather started the first bus system in the Cayman Islands. One of the first bars right there, Buttonwood Club. He was a Jamaican that came here from St. Elizabeth. Well, he left Jamaica when he's like 12, 13 years old, but nonetheless, originally from Jamaica, worked extremely hard, lived in Belize, traveled the world, was an entrepreneur, was an upstanding man. I know one thing, he wasn't no wife beater and I didn't, I didn't really know Charles Barnes, but I've never heard anybody call him a wife beater. He wasn't interested in no little underage boys playing with his little PB. So, you know, no, no, sir. You don't, you don't get to insult my Caymanianism talking about I'm a Nowarian. Okay. My father's name was Eurek Solomon. So you go, you go get it right. My, uh, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not going to say unfortunately, kind of trying to insult my West Bay people, but my connections all over West Bay, we probably even related Unfortunately, That part would be unfortunate. I hope not. You haven't really come up yet, but I'm all over with the Ebankses and, and people them in West Bay. Okay. I'm a Caymanian, sir. I don't have any qualms about who I am. You, on the other hand, could try to figure out who you are and get it together at your senior age. Call me in the way and that's all right. You'll be fine. Miss Juliet says, hallelujah. Take that. Somebody say asking where his father, you see, it's this little brow kind of thing that I'm not trying to get into, but I do want to address you. Because you believe that you can get into the legislative assembly and say whatever you want about people with impunity. And somebody say, yeah, he's a damn thief too. Speaking of thieving ways, Mr. Bush, do you care to explain to the people that came in islands this letter? Hold on here now. Now y'all know um, I can't blow my phone blowing up. You know, people are like, Sandy, get him. Let me ask Mr. Bush to explain this piece of correspondence. You see, when you live in a glass house, the last thing you should try to do, Mr. Bush, is try to throw stones at people because your glass house, your glass house full of cracks already. Okay? Explain this letter that is dated back in 2004 where you're instructing someone to send money to a bank account, a big amount as as well, so that you can get paid? Or who's getting paid? Who is this company? Let me read you all the letter and then you can figure it out for yourselves because only God knows what shenanigans he was up to then. October the 7th of 2004, on letterhead called Windsor Development Corporation, PO Box 321 West Bay, Grand Cayman, was Windsor Development Corporation a McKeever Bush company? Now, this is back in the days of fax machines because you can see all the way at the top, it has the date on it. I think it actually says... October the 11th, if I can make that out correctly. So it was set several days after the signature. 3.41 p.m., Ministry of TEDMC. I don't know. That would have been Tourism, Environment, Development, and Commerce, maybe. I'm guessing what all those acronyms stood for. And it was to some Mr. Stanley Thompson. Fax number 678-423-5446. Dear Stan, Per our last conversation regarding the balance of the funds that remain outstanding on the West Bay Seven Mile Beach transaction, I have ensured that all of the proposed rezoning issues have been agreed and approved by cabinet. Y'all listen to me carefully now. 
please forward wire the remaining balance of U.S. dollars, $350,000 to Windsor Development Corporation account. And I now need to move forward for, as I now need to move forward from this project. What kind of crookedness this is? Windsor Development Corporation, account number, care of Royal Bank of Canada, Cayman Islands. Stan, I look forward to seeing you shortly and trust that all is well with you. And who is it signed by? W. McKeever Bush. And I can tell you without fear of contradiction, that is W. McKeever Bush's signature. So, huh? the other thing that you can't call me is a thief and a crook. I'll gladly take the title of Nowarian over all of those things. Crooking people, crooking the country, backdoor deals. Like I said, McKeever can talk all he wants about what he has done for this country. And I'm not saying that he does not done, he hasn't done things to this country. What I'm saying is his pocket was always getting lined at the same time. And the question mark over this now is was it getting lined to the tune of $350,000 back in October of 2004? Nothing surprises me. All right, Mr. Bush, go sit back in your little corner. Because you something else. Somebody says, wasn't that a bribe for the rezoning of land? Probably. Cabinet decision. But this is how McKeever rolls. This man not got no integrity. Talk about the premier can make his cases go away. Yeah, this is what he do. Somebody said, what? Sold our crown property. Tell him you're asking a question. Ask Mac which funeral he went to over the weekend. Hear this story now. And I heard this story this morning as well. Thank you, Carla, for reminding me. This person says, morning, Miss Sandy. Yes, honey, child, good morning. Ask Mac which funeral he went over the weekend, showed up drunk, and he could not do the reading, so Andrea had to read the lesson for him. Who the hell Andrea is? Tell him you're asking him a question. You see, this man is never going to change. West Bayers, vote him out. He is a disgrace to the good people of the Cayman Islands. And because he can stay sober for a couple hours on a Sunday sometimes and show up and sing in church choir and give you a little piece of turkey and a little sofa and a little fill, y'all keep putting this man back in office. He needs to go. He is too corrupt. He is long outserved. Oh, somebody said Andre, not Andrea. Oh, Andre. Oh, shoot. Andre had to do it. He, he's an embarrassment to the people of this country. So yes, sir, call me in the wary end, but guess what? Like I told you, I'm not a drunk who can't control myself showing up to people funeral. What an embarrassment you are. Sure. You gotta do better, but I'm not expecting no better of you because I've given you the benefit of the doubt. I have prayed for you, have asked you to do better, have given you some good old, old time sage advice and you still not paying about no mind. Listen to me. I said to him, I said, McKeever, let me tell you something. One night I was up when I had my daughter, child be up all hours a night with her feeding her and whatever. And man, when I get up and my brain start thinking, you know, and a lot of times I'd see McKeever Bush up too. And I said, what are you doing up at this three, four o'clock in the morning? Trying to go to your bed. Yeah, sleep. Roaming them streets trying to offer a young man a thousand dollars to do sexual favors. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I, one day I said to him, I said, th this was after this election. So I said, listen to me, um, Mr. Bush. I'm going to be honest with you because I don't think that you have enough people being honest with you. And that's part of your problem. People want to use you. Oh, he can get us access to this and whatever. And, you know, they're there for the ride. 
I said, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that my father was an alcoholic. I don't really have any firsthand like information because, you know, I left Cayman when I was pretty young. But I've heard enough stories. And I do remember he used to love going to the Islander. And he would take me a lot of times because they had an amazing, um, there was a sandwich there, just a simple um what do you call it? Cheese, um, grilled cheese sandwich. And I used to love their grilled cheese sandwich. And I remember one of my few memories as a child with my father is he'd be sitting at the bar. And I actually remember what the bar looked like. I can see it in my mind's eye. He'd be sitting there drinking. There was like a pool close by. He would order me my little um, grilled cheese sandwich. And I would sit there and I would eat my little grilled cheese sandwich, whatever. And he'd be drinking. And that was one of the few memories I have of him. Now, I've heard other stories and I've heard sometimes he his behavior was not always the best, you know, but I'm going to be honest with you. I believe my father was an alcoholic. That would explain a lot of things, a lot of things that I've heard. Mr. McKeever Bush, you and I had this conversation with you and you know, you and I have had this conversation. I tried to come from a place of compassion. I said, take it from someone who believes that they were daughter of an alcoholic. That's why I don't fool with alcohol. I believe that you are an alcoholic and you need to get professional help. And you're one of those people that you should never touch alcohol ever again. But you know what they say about a drunk? It only reveals who you truly are anyway. You use the alcohol to show who you are. You need professional help. And your refusal to get it and to acknowledge it is a significant problem. Gabby says, fix it, Jesus. Poor Jesus, he done gave up on this situation. He's waiting on Makiva to help himself. It says that the good Lord will help those who help themselves. Makiva need to help himself. He got a problem. And I've, I've told him this. I said, people need to be honest with you. You, you fire poor Graham as your driver because he wouldn't take you out bar hopping and let you get in more trouble after your conviction. And then you go hire some woman who she's not going to control over you. What's she going to do? She didn't see how you beat up that other woman. Hmm? Anyway, call me a new Arian, but I got a whole list of things that I got to be calling you, honey child. So keep it up. Let's move on from him. All right. So we got John, John, boy, I tell you what, John, John, Lord have mercy. <whistles> I don't even know. What to say about John John? He takes the cake. Mm, mm, mm. He said so much that I could not even, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. At one point, John John said, hold on here now. Let me look at these clips. He said that he sets the bar. Do I have this one, Kevin? He said he sets the bar so low that he can't fail. I'm like, does this man actually understand what it is that he's saying? Where, where is this one? Let me see. Um, you're talking about, I know how to do my job. Where is the one about him setting the bar so low, Kevin? I'm trying to find it. He sets the bar so low mm-hmm, that he can't fail. I was like, wow, dude, you are just dumb. <laughs> I hate to pe- I hate to call people dumb and stupid, but John, John, Jesus, hi, I, I, yo, you special, you, you different, you are different. 
Let me see. Where is this one? Anyway, let, let me try and start at the beginning with him because Jesus on peace. Mm-mm-mm. He was having conversations. I mean, his contribution was just, uh, I don't even know what to say. It was shocking. I, I uh, let me, let me start with this one. Um, hold on here now. Oh my God. Oh, that's the one about him doing how to do his job. Okay. Hold on. He said he knew how to do his job. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that one. Jeez, I'm peace. No, sir. I, my, my, my jaw. And you know, I had just gotten back to the computer <laughs> when he started. Cause of course I had to run some appointments and I had to pick up from school and this and that. And so I got back to the computer and John, John was up and I said, Lord Jesus, why are you torturing me like this for? Why do you want me to hear this man and his foolishness? Listen to this. We have so many clips of him. Listen. Speaker, mm. let me tell you something. I don't have to ask nobody whether Dwayne Seymour can do his job. Mm-hmm. I know I can do my job. I am so unassuming. The bar mm-hmm. is so low that I always win. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> you know? The that's, bar that's is so low. It. He said a bar is so low that I always win. The man not got no standards. So he's like, keep the bar low and you're always going to win. Folks, that is not what our people should be striving for. We shouldn't be striving for keeping the bar low. That's a problem. What on earth? Really? Oh my God. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Because he, he had me all kind of cracking up. You know? So, Madam Speaker, the PPM never interfered one day with me mm, mm, mm. in Here running my ministry. Because they saw we're producing... There was nothing on my desk to be signed. <laughs> Policy was set. Everybody just had to go do what they had to do. Lord Jesus. I don't hire and I don't fire. Mm-hmm. And I know my responsibility. I know how to handle my ministry. Uh-huh. I know how to go and come. Yes, but well, you're hardly going. If I'm needed, they know they can call me and I'm there in a flash. <laughs> you know? Lord Jesus. I know when I need to be where I need to be. I was on time for all of my children's delivery. Yes, sir. Here you know. Because that's relevant to the job. My message gets through. <laughs> and it wasn't boring. Yes, sir. Mm. So poor um, David, right in the background, he can barely keep a straight face. Um, here's the problem with John John. Oh, sorry. Um, here's the problem with John John, folks. Is half the time he wasn't showing up to work. He told me his desk was always cleared. Yeah, it was always cleared because you were never there, really. <laughs> you didn't show up as a minister. Let's be very, very frank and honest, okay? Um, so set the bar low, Kim Annions, um, please. If her MPs are talking about setting the bar low, my God, I I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. I'm just so shocked. 
Well, I tell you what, Natasha sums it up quite clearly. She says, wisdom has been desperately chasing Dwayne Seymour, but he always seems, he always been faster. Yes, child, he is running a friggin' marathon and wisdom chasing him like, like the um, proverbial um, turtle, real slow and meticulous. And, and there he is just missing it. Wow. This is what Bodentown, the people of Bodentown have elected to public office. Y'all voted this man in over Aussie? Hmm? No, sir. Um, a low bar, says Aliano, isn't and shouldn't be something to gloat about. Hashtag raise the bar. Yo, hello. Definitely raise the bar. But boy, for you to say that you always set the bar low, have, have your expectations low, and you're certain to never fail. Wow. Mm. I, 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 I can't make this stuff up. All right, let's have another moment. Tell you something, I've made many decisions in this country. Mm-hmm. Many decisions. Mm-hmm. Everybody know. And stood up for country. Some I wasn't proud of. Really? In 2012, I had to make a decision against my good friend, my mentor, the person who brought me into politics. Who was that, by the, the way? I don't even know who you're talking did. about. Bringing me into <laughs> politics. The worst things he ever did. So somebody who brought him into politics, he's basically saying that he don't want to be in politics. Well, that's one of the worst things that they ever did. What the? Bringing me into Ooh. politics. No, sir. No, everybody hates Raven. <laughs> My God, poor John John. Um, Live says I'm embarrassed, and it's not me. Hand over bow. <laughs> Listen. This dude is just shocking. Low bar, failure is never an option, says El Ray. Oh, a hand over brow, sorry. Yeah, I mean, so he claims he don't want to be in politics. And that was the worst thing he's ever done, but yet he's seen, he keeps running. So I don't know what that's all about. Now let's hear what he said about the budget process. We're trying to change everything with the budget, change the processes, not saying it didn't need changing. Some of it needed changing, but we tried to change too much, and now we're in a quagmire. <laughs> I don't think the budget can be fixed. <laughs> he don't think the budget can be fixed. Wow. All right, let's have some other um, moon man euphemisms. Let, let's see what else he had to say. Um, he talked about voters being smart. Let me download this one. Obviously, they're not smart enough because they voted him into office. No, sir. Mm-mm. He claims independents can't work together. Let me download that one. Trust me, there was just so much here that it was shocking. It was just absolutely shocking. He never wants to be health minister again. He did, he did such a fantastic job. At being health minister, he says he never wants to be health minister again because apparently he only likes to succeed at something once, according to him. <laughs> Woo, honey child, I tell you what. He added some degree of co- comedic relief. Um, yes, let's let's listen to the one claiming that voters are smart. Dale, I remember a guy came to the polling station while I wrap up. Mm. And while I'm at the, he kept wrapping up and never wrapped up. Five hundred feet. I saw the guy talking to the guy that uh, my my opponent. 
I said, but I thought this guy was with me. <laughs> and the moral of the story is, man, they had a big conversation, hugging and punching and laughing. I said, Christ, I lost that boat. Only when the person left that guy, he came over to me and said, huh, you think I'm voting for him? Guys, politics is a very serious, serious thing. I'll say this before I leave. We come in here, all 19 of us, we have all sacrificed. Some of you sacrificed your career. Hmm. Your Tell lawyers. Me had any. We got about five lawyers in here. Accountants, doctors, engineers, businessmen. We got all kinds of people in here that will mm -hmm. probably never get a job again mm. from anyone else because someone else has something against you. They don't want to hire you because the government that's elected don't like you. And you got to go. You got to go and do something out of your character, out of your profession to, and I'll say it that way, to make a living. You know? And, and that's not fair. For persons, it was me. It was I. I don't like to say that. But <laughs> I was there. But it was me who fought for the, I said, it's not fair that people get elected for four years and then all of a sudden, bam, you can't control whether you stay in office or not. And then you're not got no job and you got to go beg. So I said, give them at least three months salary. And that's what's in place now. I think it is. I want to say respectfully that I am not here today Oh, my apologies. I had myself muted. I was just going to say that the shocking, um, the shocking new news here is that he admits to giving MPs this three month severance pay after they get voted out by the people. But the poor people, the office workers who work for the MPs, they get cut off if your MP loses the election. Immediately, you're out of a job with no money. The MP who makes three, four times as much as you is getting all the money. I mean, like, really?
Are you kidding? This is this is shocking and unbelievable. But you think it's a good thing that you can justify actually paying MPs three months of, of the people's money? Come on now. What? Is where you get three months salary after you lose your seat. You got three months to find a job. And normally they don't find a job in that time. You know? You know? So I'm saying to you that all of us in jeopardy, and then when election comes, if you had 1,400 votes the last time, you start at zero, you know? You start at zero. <laughs> you hear about this family for me, that family for me, you better go back. <laughs> you know? So ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying to you, nobody, mother, wants them to go into politics. Very few spouses want you to go into politics. You got to beg, beg them over time. And I say that to the young, budding politicians. To know that they might say, I'm 25 years old and I won't get into politics. Let me tell you, be careful. I'm not saying you can't do it. But I'm telling you that politics have eroded many relationships. Many mm -hmm. marriages it has, it has ruined. Mm -mm. Because you spend more time, you're married to politics. Rather than married to your wife or husband. Mm. You know? Well, I wouldn't go that far. So, I'm not saying that as a warning. We want new I think it was qualified persons to come into politics. New blood. So these are the people who want you to believe that um, they are, um, you know, going to be making sacrifices. It's 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 a personal, um, you know, personal gain here, folks. So um, hmm. what a mess. <sighs> Mm-mm. What a mess. Mm-mm. I tell you. All right. I got some breaking news for you. I'm just trying to get the story straight before I tell you what it is. So Blackberry says, is he admitting to um, making unscrupulous moves and deals? Yes. Y'all hearing the man out of his own words. That's why I wanted to make sure we had these videos. Here's another one. Another one for you. Hopefully that I am not here today to cause any trouble. They call me the troublemaker. A better soul than me. If you got me as an enemy, it's something wrong with you. I am willing to take the back seat. Don't want no leadership. Leadership is from God. It's not for me to choose. That's not for me. If God wants you to have it, nobody can stop it. Read the Bible. Mm -mm. No, sir. Anyway, I don't think that any of these guys are, are um, worried about what God wants, to be quite honest. Um, Kevin, pull that video back out for me. I can't pull it because you've added it. Let me see what else I got here. Lord have mercy. Oh, he said you can't expect independence to work together. Here was another clip. Madam Speaker, I thank you for the time that you allowed me here. But I think that I hope that people understand 
you know, some of the reasons why, you know, respectfully that I, I left and, you know, some of the things that I think that we need to do to get on, go in a different direction. I think the Premier shouldn't feel, you know, that, that, that is a failure or whatever. I think it's a trial and it didn't work, you know, mm -hmm. it may work next time. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's not going to work all the time. The, th the way you think you can't Lord work have 13 people together from nowhere and my God. that it's going to work in two years. So really? it's a tall task. You know, I, I, I salute you. I used to say all the time you had a patience, a joke. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, <laughs> I told you that in your office at, at one point. And, uh, but I think that I don't want anything to happen to any Caymanian. And I think, you know, it's time to, for us to, to, to move in a different direction. The country is calling for it. You may say, some people say, oh, we ain't stay there. Sorry, um, Premier stay there or whatever. Mm. You're doing a good job. And that's fine. Some people will see it that way. People, other people, different people have different needs. But I'm saying to you that the majority of the country is saying, that we have lost faith in the park government. Now, uh, the the majority of the country actually is. isn't saying that, but... People are very funny. Caymanians are some of the smartest voters that I've ever met. You look at how they vote. Mm. They vote you out when you Clearly need not. to be voted out. Mm -mm. So they don't joke, but they vote. Uh, there was a clip about him claiming that nobody died under his watch as minister during COVID. Well, you know, that's a lie. Uh, begging him to run. They call him a troublemaker. Um, there was just, uh, there was just so much. John, John had me, um, he had me confused. I gotta be honest with you. He had me confused. Now sit back folks, get your glass of something to drink because I'm going to tell you all some breaking news this morning. You're going to hear it first here on The Cold Hard Truth. We have a new government, a new formulation. Y'all ready for this? I ain't not got no apple cider, so I'm going to just have to sip on water. Here's what we know so far. That joker, John John, is back in cabinet. Mm -mm -mm. Here we go. Kathy has stepped down as speaker, and we knew that. I knew that was coming. By the way, Kathy, please go take several seats. She's going to get a ministry now, right? Yesterday, she decided at the end of it all to, um, to do this speech about, oh, you know, people are threatening her very life. And they talk about she wanted this position. She never wanted it. You see, I cannot take people who lie. And when they're called out on their lies, when they continue to hold their position as liars, that really bothers me. Kathy, you know the truth. I know the truth. Your, your female advisor who told you to go after that position knows the truth. And multiple people within the government also know the truth. That at that time, when the progressives were going after the government again, trying to do a vote of no confidence, the premier was in the UK. He came back. One of the first things he had to do was come and talk to you. And in order to get you to stay with the PAC administration, he had to give you that speaker job. This is not a question. Nobody wasn't begging and asking you to take the speaker role, despite what you have to say. There were multiple options on the table, including Ezard. They could have brought in an outside speaker. You wanted the position and you put your cards on the table that if you didn't get the position, you'd walk over to the other side. 
Speak the truth and shame the devil. I don't care how many of you are supporters of Kathy or not supporters. Her inability to tell the truth as a first-time MP should make you very afraid of her because she not get her foot wet yet. Now she'll get a ministerial position. She's going to be a minister. She's going to step down. Yes, good day. Hello? Morning. Yes, except I'm live on radio. Yes. Mm -hmm. You'll have to call me back later on today. Okay, there. All right. Bye-bye. I can't believe people came out and still, still don't know I'm live in the mornings. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, just speak the truth. What, what, what's, what's the rest of it? Okay. So Kathy steps down as speaker. Juliana is now premier. Judy Santa. Yes. That's what you see last night when, when she was trying to console Ween. Ween knows really what was going on here. Juliana is now premier. Uh, Ween is going to act as speaker. So what they say. He's out of cabinet. And of course, Kathy will get her ministerial position. Boy, I tell you. Mm, 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 mm. And um, of course, John John is now back in cabinet again. That fool, that idiot who can't even barely read and write and talk and all kind of foolishness, he's back in cabinet. My Caymanian people, we were always going to have horse trading to a certain extent. But this, I'm telling you, is I, I, I waiting for them to drop the bomb that Chris Saunders is back in cabinet too. And then poor civil servants now who were so deadly afraid of him. Somebody say here, Mac is back too. I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. Y'all need to, you, you cannot put these people in political office and expect any better outcome. This is always going to be the case. Yeah. Oh, Chris back too. You see what I'm telling you? There we go. You've got to vote these people out of office. Once they're in there, they can always find a way to be reshuffling into doing this and doing that. So who has gone this morning? Who have they gotten rid of? Somebody says we need to hold a rally. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody says, sorry, um, Minister Andre. Look back on, on when, uh, who, Jay? was walking off last night and how she eyeball, not sure it was Sabrina. Please look on when she was walking off, when who was walking off. So who, who's, who's back as, um, who's back as, um, as deputy? Not Chris Saunders though. Them poor civil servants, they should sue the government. Here's what you do now. They put him back in there and you have evidence of his harassment of you. Sue the government. Make them pay you for your trauma. Now, this is a legitimate lawsuit. They're going to put him back in, in a position like that where he has to come back in that government building. The governor, if you're listening to us today, please call an early election. We need to make some really firm decisions and we need to get rid of some people. There is no way that this governor should allow Chris Saunders back in that government building. For him alone, you should call an early election. Who, who, who is with me? 
Who thinks we need to call an early election now? So um, apparently, Wien Panton is completely out of cabinet. Yep. Mm -mm. Somebody else says me. Let's call an early election. Shall we take a vote? Anybody actually listen to people? Another person says, I'm with you. Rena says, oh my God. Stefan says, no, sir. I can't even listen to their foolishness, says Wanda. Debbie says, what a hot mess. Miss Pat says, this is horrible. Uh, this is terrible. Jonathan says, W-I-T-A-F. What in the actual fill in the blank? Uh, Ms. Brenda says that's the way it should always be. I don't, I'm not sure I understand what, what should always be. Monkeys running the government says Shannon. Sue says, oh my God, Juliana O'Connor's premier. It's unbelievable. What a disgrace for the Cayman people. Al Ray looks like he's a little bit shocked and concerned this morning. Junior says, what a soap opera. Aliana says, what the hell is going on here? Rough C says, like John John said, the bar is set low. Well, that's for sure. Mm -mm. The people that voted for Dwayne Seymour should be ashamed of themselves and remove themselves from the voters list. He needs to let us know what number playing this weekend. Oh, by the way, he also said in Parliament that he would go and buy numbers because, you know, they believe in breaking the law and they don't have any qualms as serious as this has been for the police. And they've mentioned it on numerous occasions. They have zero, zero qualms telling you that they buy numbers and they'll break the law and write in cabinet. They think it's funny and they could joke about it and nobody will hold them accountable. This person says, um, imagine youth parliament was there listening to this crap. Nothing on his desk because nothing in his head. Damn fool. <laughs> but Ween cannot even speak. Um, well, when you say he can't speak, I mean, well, he's not in, cat in cabinet anymore. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else says, yes, I'm with you. Let's call an early election. Andre is deputy premier. I mean, Andre shocked us all last night with that vote of no confidence. I hope to God now he can have confidence in the group that they've just put together with his own brokering. So sad. You know, he said, and to, to Andre's credit, my understanding is he had informed the premier that he intended to abstain. But my thing is this. He got up and he did a presentation and he said, you know, we all needed to do better, including myself. Have you just put together a government, a coalition that you think is going to be able to do better? You really think so? With Juliana at the helm, is she going to actually be showing up to work now? Is she going to be going to graduations? My God, Cayman Brockers, what is it about Juliana that y'all have kept her in, in office all this time? Just because she goes to church and wears skirts down to her ankle? That's all it takes? I'm, I'm, I'm physically sick and disgusted by it all. Uh, this person says, John, John playing puzzles. Uh, France needs to step up to these politicians messing with the civil service. Early election, I say. And Mac is back into Lord Jesus. We got drunks in there, pedophiles, um, self-serving politicians, cutthroats, Judases, um, donkeys riding to the moon. Well, you know what? They want it. They got it. Let's see them bring a budget now. Let's see them do all and deliver and all the other stuff, right? Let her, since she wanted it so badly, 
know the pressure of actually getting it all done. Yeah, good. Somebody said this is a hot mess. Um, Lord have mercy. Unbelievable. There you have it. So undoubtedly, Kathy will get a ministry that she can't handle. Um, someone says that anyone capture the PPN's faces after they lost, I would uh, pay to see Alden's face. Chris, do us all a favor. Move to Jamaica and run for politics there. Don't let the door dot, dot, dot. When the good Lord was giving out brains, John John was absent. Why is he always shuffling papers around? I see he has learned from the other idiot, Makiva. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, Julie is the new premier. Andre is the new deputy. Ween will be speaker. Kathy is going to actually get a minister. Um, Mac and um, Chris Saunders, somewhere back in the fold. And, of course, you know, a lot of you were asking the question last night, why did Chris Saunders abstain? Because he knew that this was coming. This didn't just happen. He, he knew he was playing and uh, hedging his bets last night. He was not in 100% with the progressives, but you know what? That would they get. That would they get. They so stupid. That would they get. Y'all think you know Chris Saunders? Uh-huh. Flipping and flopping like McKeever, flipping and flopping like Judas Santa. They're all cut from the same cloth, if you ask me. He knew, and that's why he abstained. How stupid do you feel, Alden? Shall we call Alden this morning and ask him how stupid he feels? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let me see if I still got Alden number. Oh, we're off air now, right? Mm, I do have an 11 o'clock meeting this morning, but hold on here now. I can't miss that because that's a very important meeting. Um, yeah, let's let's connect. Um, let, let's connect because we might have to pop off this morning a little bit. Let's disconnect from the radio, honey child. Bloop, bloop. Hit that disconnect button. What the actual fuck? <laughs> That's what my brain wanted to say while I was on radio. WTF? No, WTAF. Lord Jesus. No, sir. This is where it's at, boy. But, you know, no loyalty, no loyalty. What can you do, honey child? What can you do? Lord have mercy. Wow. Wowzer, wowzer. Um, let me just see here now. What time is my meeting today? I think it's at 11. I can't miss this meeting now. I thought they had sent me um an invite for the meeting. Hold on. I got to do this online meeting, so I got to make sure I'm on time. Yes, honey, chill. I am not the least bit surprised. What can I say? Um, mm -hmm. mm -mm. All right. Um, whew, Lord have mercy. 
All right. So folks, let me just um, clarify here what's going on. So we have a new formation. I don't know if they're going to even call themselves PAC anymore because, I mean, <laughs> that was Wayne's thing. So they might change their name and call, call us only call themselves um, only God knows what. But um, this is where we are. So um, let me just see here now. I could swear I see an invite come in for this meeting. Sorry, this meeting I've got to really get to. Um, let me just email this woman, see if she sent me the invite. Because I know the meeting say at, at, so she sent this uh, calendar. So did you send, did you send an invite to the meeting this morning? Um, Sarah. Okay. I just want to make sure I haven't, I haven't missed that. All right. Um, cause we're going to do a meeting at 11 o'clock Wednesday, the 15th at 11 AM. Okay. In case you need to, here's a link for next meeting. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. Boom. That's fine. All right. So, um, here's what we got folks. Premier Juliano Connor Connolly, deputy premier Andre, um, Ebanks. Um, I'm hearing that Chris Saunders, John John, and Makiva back in. The prin no principles with Makiva. No principles with Makiva. Uh, apparently, they're trying to offer Wayne Speaker. I don't know if he has actually accepted it or not. Is what I'm being told. And um, wow. This civil service thing that they're probably going to have to resign if he comes back in and finance again. You shouldn't resign. Like I told you, you should not resign. You need to sue the fucking government. Sue the government for putting someone who's been harassing civil servants back in a position. Sue them and get your retirement money, girl. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Good. I'm not late. I'm not so late to class. <laughs> <laughs> Always on time. Seeing that I had a full day yesterday. Oh my gosh. I mean, I had to keep stretching and pulling and moving around, touching my plants to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> listen to me. And before I say what I'm about to say, I want to make it clear. Mm -hmm. I am not here defending or supporting anyone. I say this based on what I listened to yesterday and obviously what the motion was. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, oh, you read out something that I wrote, but that was when someone said about the speaker coming from the outside. And mm -hmm. I responded and said, yes, that's the way it should always be. Because mm -hmm. that's my take on the speaker. But, you know. And the Constitution clearly allows for it. And mm -hmm. obviously, if we have a speaker from the outside, then the government will always have that extra or their maximum there, you know, seats. So that just to answer that, because you were saying you weren't sure mm -hmm. what, you know, that was applying to. But anyway, going back to, um, and I'm not going to be disrespectful or anything, mm -hmm. you know, about what went down yesterday. But I have to say that for all my life, mm. and, you know, of me 
coming of age of voting politics and stuff yesterday was i'm going to say probably one of the very saddest days mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and you know what i saw happen and mm-hmm. i'm not saying that because the motion was brought i'm saying that this listening to those who spoke i'm not even going to say debate i'm going to say to those who spoke because i was counting mm-hmm. i um i counted three people that actually debated the motion um I don't know if you counted more than that. No, and, um, <laughs> and then, mm. and then, you know, it, like I say, it was, it was sad and it was mm-hmm. embarrassing. I had people from all walks of life mm-hmm. calling me and asking me what's going on in your country. Well, what, you know, are you all going to have um, a coup d'etat? All kinds of stuff. Mm. You see, they don't realize this is not local anymore. This is now being watched by the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, as I said, I don't know which emotion was stronger, the sadness or the embarrassment. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm going to say <clears throat> that what I did hear, though, mm-hmm. come out from everyone who spoke is that they didn't have a problem with the PAC members, that things could work. It was only one person that was the problem. And obviously that person was being Panton. So to that I say, mm-hmm. while the motion didn't um, succeed yesterday, the objective did. Because if they have in fact now removed him as the premier, that is what they set out to do. And that, I don't know where he will go. I mean, I'm hearing rumors too. And I don't know what the rumors are. But what I would certainly say is we need to have a government intact. It is not a good look for Cayman. It's not a good talk for Cayman. And certainly, I don't think that at this point, we want England to say to the governor, go down there and dissolve parliament and call an early election. We don't want that either. We don't want England saying to the governor, well, go down there and preside over them. They no, but I think, I think we should doing. have an early election. I think most but people... I don't agree. I, but I don't agree with that. Well, let's take a let's take a vote. I got twenty minutes left. No, no, no. Hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. Elections are very costly. We just had one in twenty twenty one. Be a month early. It was still an early election, which is neither here nor there. I'm talking at it from a financial standpoint. And if we did call an early election. What date would you call it for? As soon you know? as possible. Well, All right, my dear. Thank you. Can't, thank you very I, much. I Let, let's to, take a vote. I, no, I, I I've got an 11 o'clock, so. Get, I know you want to get rid of me. Well, I have an 11 o'clock, so. Be, I'm going to have to get rid of everybody. Me, but that's okay. So. All right. So people are saying, let's do a poll. So let's do it. Ms. Brenda says, no early election. Thank you, Ms. Brenda. Um, Who is for it? Let's just do a vote. Um, Beliki says early election, um, uh, do a poll says, uh, Marquette, we're doing a poll now clean house and get rid of them says, um, Marquette, uh, early election says Pat Debbie's in favor of an early election. Stefan is in favor of an early election. Um, speaking of this, I'm actually supposed to be interviewing the governor coming up here shortly. Um, 
remember the people in her office. Gosh, I can never. Uh, I hope she's paying attention to the people. That's Colin early election. We need to get rid of people like Makiva, like Chris Saunders, like Dween John John Seymour. Okay, who else is, is for the idea of an early election? Ms. Susan says, yes. Lincoln says this government is a shit show. First lady says, like, seriously, after this man worked so hard for the people who came in, yeah, there's no loyalty there. Uh, Gareth is in favor of an early election. Ms. Brenda says, no early election. Um, uh, Khan, Riaz Khan says, wow, interesting morning, that's for sure. Never a dull moment. What's good for one goose is good for all. Charm is throwing up. Uh, by the way, civil servants saying that they're physically sick. Um, how can we petition the governor? Somebody else is asking me for an early election. Good morning to Marco. Alejandro says kangaroo parliament. All right. Uh, Aliana says, wow, Cayman, what a storm. Can you name them out again, please? So here's what we know. Uh, this other person says election, yes, but let us make it coincide with the American one in November 2024. I think the whole point of an early election is people want it now. <laughs> They're not really willing to wait. And I don't know if it's a good idea to have an election the same time as the Americans, because sometimes people travel overseas. Um, okay, so... Someone says that they knew that Wayne was the glue. What she's saying is true, as PPM knew that with Wayne at the helm, they they count fail, they can fail, count fail, but no, with him out, it will come crashing down. Uh, I groaned when she greeted you. My dogs were like WTF. <laughs> Somebody says bag of hot air. Um, all right, so, yep. Okay, um, time for new election, says Philip. Marshall says, what the fuck is going on with Cayman politics? Now the ship is going down. Debbie says, UK, come quick. Mm -mm -mm. What a hot mess. Lord Jesus. Well, if the, if the people are calling for the UK to step in and the governor to call election, an early election, who is she going to listen to? Is she going to listen to the MPs or everybody else? Just curious. Want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. All right. Uh, Debbie is shocked and, and, and can't believe it. The little emoji. No, bro. It's a circus. All them clowns, says Junior. Jessica says, we are screwed. Early election for me. I'm ready. Call it, please. The people are not happy with this. And I don't, I don't care who thinks um, that they might have the majority support, but this is not it. All right, Pat says it's time for us to stand up for a country Caymanians. I'm with y'all. Y'all want to stand. You know where I stand. Um, Noli says, hot mess. This is the worst government. Everton Simpson. Uh, Rena says, yeah, I don't get a good feeling from him when he abstained. Sue says, uh, the, them poor women who have to work in government under Saunders again, what, what they went through. 
and no, no consideration for them. That's, that's the part about this that to me is um, shocking. We got almost 700 people folks on the live this morning, but to me, that's, that's very, very shocking. What, what just happened? Juliana's premiere now. Yep. She knew it. She knew it. And I mean, the Judas move that she made last night, trying to touch the premiere and trying to, Oh, let me adjust your mic for you. I'm here for you. He should have slapped her, but you see, he's a decent man. He wouldn't do that. No, because she gives them brackers, everything they want. But which brackers? They complaining? So are, are they really getting everything they want? I don't know. I have no clue. All right. Somebody's checking in how we can petition the governor. Um, and they're going to let me know. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. How are you doing today? Right here, my darling. How are you? Why, Sandra? Mm -hmm. hmm. Am I allowed to crush? Yeah, we're not on radio no more. Say what you got to say, honey, chair. All right. My God, listen, man. Mm -hmm. This clusterfuck that keeps on happening in our country. All right? We, we are between a rock and a hard place. And that rock and a hard place is taken up by people of our own ilk who are in politics to satisfy their own narcissism, to satisfy their own self-interest, to satisfy their own psychotic thirst for power and influence and undeserved, and their relationship with people of high financial means who use this very inadequate and woefully bereft excuse for democracy that we have here in Cayman. Sandra, you still there, my friend? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Agreeing with you. Okay. And then on the other hand, we have a system which dictates by construct of contract that we cannot evolve to where we need to be in order to circumvent mm -hmm. and to mitigate and to disallow the institutionalized corruption of the Cayman Islands from the inside out and from the outside in. Mm -hmm. Now, I would like to ask the general public of our beloved islands, our country, I don't give a damn what jackass wants to say that we are not a country, whoever that is, mm -hmm. they can go take a long walk off the bluff, right? Mm -hmm. Now, who in this country, I love for the everybody else, because I actually believe in democracy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? I like to know, Sandra, how many of us in the electorate of the Cayman Islands mm -hmm. agree with the premise that we, the electorate, need to be the ones who choose is to going to be the leader, a.k.a. the premier of the Cayman Islands government, not the members of the, the, members of the parliament, mm -hmm. not them. Because that entire equation, Sandra, in my humble opinion, is a recipe for corruption. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a recipe for the furtherance of self-interest, of greed, mm -hmm. yep. and of hubris mm -hmm. before anybody is even stepped foot on the floor of the legislative assembly or parliament or whatever they want to call it this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you agree, Sandra, that we, the electorate, or should be, need to be the ones who chooses premier? Well, the, do you agree with that, I mean, with that the, idea? The, pro the problem is, how do we do that when we don't actually know who's going to win an election? 
No, we need to have the you position know, of know, premier you know as, as our elected position. So you want to be the premier of the Cayman Islands? So what, how do we do that? We have a general election first, and then we turn around and vote again for who's going to be premier? No, no, ma'am. We have an election mm -hmm. where in or where upon, if you're going to be a district representative, mm -hmm. you go for that. If you're going to apply but you to have, have to the be a district representative of the position well, right? of premier of the Cayman Islands, you run for that position. And that way, the electorate of the Cayman Islands will be able to have some minimal semblance of representation. Mm -hmm. Because this system that we have here is, is not working. And I am fully aware, okay, that the rock and the hard place that the Cayman Islands has to contend with, the benefits and the, and the negatives as it pertains to our relationship with the United Kingdom is a very tender subject. I, I can see those of our own ilk who are nothing but predators who want to push these ideas for their own diabolical uses. Mm -hmm. But we need to push forward in a way where Cayman's woefully inadequate semblance of democracy can evolve to the point where we the people actually have the representation that we deserve and what we need and what we need to stand up for. And I personally mm -hmm. believe that us, the electorate, to the explicit exclusion of any and everybody else, mm -hmm. we, the electorate, need to be the ones who choose who is going to be the premier of these beloved Cayman Islands. Well, Miss Brenda says Juliana was premier before. She did a good job then. Let's pray she will do it now. Well, she can have her opinion. I do not agree with her. I'm not sure where that opinion came from either, but anyway. I don't care about opinion can, when it comes get, to that. We can agree you to can disagree. Be in anybody you want to. I'm willing, more than willing, Sandra, for democracy to take its course. But what I see is not close yeah. to acceptable. Mm -hmm. We need to evolve, Cayman, to where we can make yes. this be at least workable in some semblance. But what we're dealing with today if it doesn't change, it's going to continue with this rigmarole. Mm -hmm. Anyway, how wonderful day. Thank you, you for giving me my chance. And I would really love for the rest of Cayman public to show their voice and say yay or nay. Do you believe that we, the electorate, should be the ones who are going to be to choose who is a premier of Cayman Islands? Have a good day. God bless Cayman. Thank Bye. you, love. All right. Caribbean Boy TV says we need an early election. Um, I have... Um, Somebody else saying, are we going to get a holiday? Juliet says Cayman Bright needs to keep her over there with them because she is no good for us over Yeah, It's all disgrace this morning in the assembly cabinet. Good morning, caller. Morning. Um, the help? problem with uh, the country choosing who the premier is, um, is avoiding the reality about who makes the decisions mm -hmm. the premier the prim, the premier is not a king who sits in a privileged position and tells all the other ministers what to do it's actually the other way around the cabinet as a body makes a decision and he is the the premier is the communicator of those decisions to he's the interface between the governor mm -hmm. and the public mm -hmm. 
he's he he doesn't he doesn't create orders and then hand them down. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, new election or not? Early election. Um, or not, sorry. I, I I would say so because there is too much. Uh, the, the, there's too much disagreement and we should sort it out with an election. Okay. Very good. Um, we got about six minutes left in the program, folks. I'm going to have to be on time for my meeting. Um, unless Kevin is willing to take over while I have my meeting, I'm not sure how long the meeting's going to be, to be honest, but um, Kevin, um, let me know if you're available. Uh, the question now, call in message early election, yay or nay. Early election, so far the yeas have it by an astounding amount. Most people are saying yes, early election. Uh, O'Shane asking for the, the lineup. Premier Juliana O'Connor, Connolly. Deputy Premier is Andre Ebanks. And um, we have um, Kathy is going to get a ministry, so she stepped down from speaker. We have who else? Um, I guess uh, Jay and Kenneth remain as well as Sabrina, um, John, John, Joke, Joke is back in as ministry, as a minister. And I don't know what the hell they're going to be having McKeever doing. So, um, so yeah. So everyone is asking, another person says early election, yes. How is Mac back in WTH? I am shocked. Uh, glad my student is absent <laughs> so I can listen to my, my soap notes. Who is for education now? Well, apparently Juliana, it looks like she's going to be taking finance. What the fuck does she know about finance? Excuse my French, but don't excuse my French. She already did nothing with education. At least leave her there. I don't think she can mess that up anymore, I guess. But finance, just as we got off the blacklist? No, sir. Oh my God, what the fuck am I hearing? If y'all get offended by the cussing, just log off. Poor Miss Amelia. Sandy, stop the cursing. I can't help it today. What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, Stefan says she was premier for like three months. And by the way, um, she was premier for three months um, because she cut off McKeeva's little PP and, and pulled down the UDP. I tell you, she's the female version of Makiva, disruptor. Man, we need to vote her out. But who, who on the black is going to run? We can't have drug is and whatever. Tell me they're going to run for political office and think that they can beat Juliana? Child, that long frock too strong for that. We need some upstanding people in Cameron Bratt now. Come on. Yes, Andre's deputy. Okay, question on the table, folks. Let me go through the comments. Um, Gareth says, Pat changed to clown. K-Man, G.I. Joe says, uh, Riaj, am I pronouncing your name right? Uh, Jonathan says, you might as well go pray to Yellow Heifer on that one. On which one? Uh, Allison says, Mr. Amelia, you need to sign off at this line, this live, honey, chai. Yeah, because you're going to hear some words popping off. Cha. Even the good Lord might understand today. Um, doesn't the governor have to accept Wayne's that resignation? No, <laughs> they, they can reformulate. Lord Jesus. Um, Brenda says, actually, PPM still won. Their objective was re to remove Wayne Panton. That is what accomplished. Well, their objective was to take power. And of course, they would have to um, 
they would have to, um, you know, remove him in order to do it. Although to be clear, they were always willing to work with him. You know, they would have taken him with in a heartbeat. He wouldn't be premier, but they were willing to give him something else, but they want the premiership. So I don't think it's a real win for them. This person laughed and said, Romelia, stop the cussing. Sandra, child, I can't help it. What the fuck you want me to do? <laughs> Sorry, girl. That was funny as hell. <laughs> anyway, we're listening. How many people online? Uh, 672 people. We were up close to 700 just a minute ago. Miss Stacy, go get some apple cider vinegar, says Junior. Miss Stacy, not even here. Poor Janet is like, wow. Jason says, any outsider watching this must be like the Cayman Islands is easy pickings because their government is run by a bunch of claffes. <laughs> Lord Jesus, um, Kevin is busy, so he can't take over the show. And I do have an 11 o'clock. Let me, let me keep seeing what I can do here. Uh, Stefan says, Jason, what they, when they voted Mac out, remember he was the first premier, he did something and they had, um, a late night vote to get him out. And that was the end of the UDP. Another person say they're a bunch of bandits. <sighs> Lord Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, yay or nay on an early election. Um, I really haven't heard anybody say no yet. Shame, shame, shame. We need people in government who look out for the Caymanians. I tell you what I'll do. Um, I will buy myself some time by playing um, Sabrina's, um, let me see if I can download her, her speech yesterday because boy, Sabrina was on fire. Oh, what have I done? Let me see. Here we go. Sabrina. Do we have Sabrina's speech? Uh... Is it in the same folder, Kevin? Let me see here now. Sabrina, or did you send it separately? Full vote and dissension. Juliana touches the premier. Huh. I bet you she not have touched him again. <laughs> no conference motion, Sabrina. All right, I think this is her full speech. <clears throat> so let me play this. Um, it's worth a play. And boy, I, I didn't know Sabrina had it in her, but... In fact, after Sabrina was done, I thought <clears throat> for sure nobody else, nobody, Sabrina shocked everybody. I think that they should have taken the vote right then and there. Nobody else should have spoke. I think the premier should have fallen back and said nothing. Sabrina was on a high note, and I think he made a strategic mistake yesterday when he got up and spoke. And I hate to say it, but I do think that that was a strategic communication mistake. Um, Moya is voting for an early election. Noli says an early election. Wanda says an early election. Philip says an early election. Alan says an early election. Juliet says an early election. Miss Sue says an early election. Uh, Tanika says yes, early election. Rena says early election. Junior says early election. Robert says let's do it. Debbie says early election. Aliano says early election. Kurt says early election. Jason says early election. Anthony says that the people who want, who got the majority of votes from a former government, let's do it. We'll vote when the time comes. No need to do it now. Okay. So you're saying no. Beulah says early election. Uh, Marquette says call the governor. Came in once an early election. Let's find out. I don't have her in speed dial like that though, Marquette. <laughs> but we got people that got people. We got, we got her people on speed dial. And they're going to inquire 
on how to give the people what they want. The people are calling for an early election. Yeah. Oh, mess. Um, I will advise them of such. And uh, they will certainly let me know. Okay. Uh, early election, says Allison. Sandra says early election. Uh, Siobhan says early election. Juliet says early election. Um, Charles says early, then what? Who are the people going to replace them with? Well, if you're interested in political office, this would be your time to step forward and tell the people um, and hopefully show the people what you can do for this country and that you're not a bunch of self-serving sellouts. Duran says, yes, early election. Brenda says, I'm not in favor because I understand what that entails, early elections and end up with the same results. Uh, we have a lot of people, I'm sure, who can step up to the plate and run for political office. Uh, Claudia says, I would have I would have rather seen an early election so the people vote could matter. However, we do need to pray for a country if we're being seen by the world. So um, caller, good morning. Early election, yes or no, and I'm already late for my meeting, so I got to run. Yes, ma'am. I think it, it it should be something, because this is a big disgrace. I am so disappointed today that I could cry. And I don't think that the governor's here. I think she off island. I understood that she was um, uh, coming back today. But this is this is a mess. But I knew that this was going to happen. I had a feeling because they wasn't satisfied. They've been trying to, PPM didn't get it, but they've been trying to fit into that puzzle and finding everything that they could find. But this is a disgrace to me. And yes, early election, I think, yes, get them all out. All right. It, Thank you very much. Uh, it's very sad for the island. Mm -hmm. Thank we you, We just as bad as worse. Yeah. Junior says early election next week. No time to waste. Miss Susan says early election is one solution, but we must get capable and worthy candidates to run. Absolutely. Skim, um, all, skin them all alive at early election. We have clowns and MPs as MPs, says Vicky. Uh, Ron says, no early election, need time to get familiar with the new candidates. I will be back at square one. Early election, says Diane. Nicholas says, election now. Um, Sally, early election. Thank you, Brenda. I agree with you 100%. Sending you a virtual hug. So we've got so far about three or four people that have said no early election. That's 90 something percent of people have said yes. Um, Marjorie says, early election. Raquel says McKeever will always remain. No, he won't. The people, and they almost removed him. 12 votes he won by. He can be removed. We need the right people to run against him, but he can be removed. Susan says early election. Tanya says, what's the new government position? Julia's premier. Andre as deputy. Um, Wayne is gone from cabinet. We understand that um, joke, joke is back, John John Seymour, Makiva back in the fold, and um, who else? Um, I don't know who else. Um, be careful, we regret the ask for a new election. No new election for me, so Ms. Darlene says no. Can we get any worse? What does, where does that leave Sabrina? Apparently she's gonna remain. Um, Charles says only fools are calling for the UK. <laughs> Uh, can't legalize ganja, so you know who not get a vote over here. <laughs> All right, Alejandro. What a mess, says Jean. Uh, early election, says Kurt. Moya says, with Ween out, might as well just call us the Titanic. Rachel Ann says the UK has their own mess to deal with. I was going to say they do. Um, they just put <laughs> David Cameron as foreign secretary. Sounds like the UK wants 
to get rid of their own prime minister. What a hot mess. Same thing, Ms. Darlene says they're having their own issues. Sarah says early election. Uh, Michael says this is a crazy early election. Sally says early election. Um, time for a rally in front of parliament for early elections. Let's get the petition going as well. Well, the people will have their say, far as I'm concerned. Um, Haley says early election, but we need new candidates. Step up, step up. Kimberly says if we call an early election, we need to give new runners time to prove themselves worthy. No, they have to come with a track record. This is the thing. This is where we're getting it wrong. They should have proven themselves already. Be honest in business and life, even, even in their personal lives. If they're out there cheating and going on already, why should we trust them to run this country? Raquel says, Sandra, love your honesty. Thank you, my dear. Marshall says, why is anyone surprised at Andre? He's just another politician and was waiting for the opportunity. Mm-mm. Hot mess. Stefan, Philip says, why not come to the people with their intentions? Because they don't believe in talking to us. They think that we elect them and we only get a say every four years. And this is where the dialogue um, now needs to change. We will get our say. Liana, good morning. Early election or not, Liana? Um, start calling the UK, Sandy, she says. Um, I got to go. Um, Denny, I got to go. I'm going to miss this meeting. I can't miss this meeting. Just one quick Kev- Kevin, are you able it. to jump on at all? Because I got to go. Yes. Just one quick statement about Andre. Andre was following the law. If he he was bound by collective responsibility, and the only way that he could uh, not vote against, the, he, had, he had to say something. All right, Kevin, Kevin, take over. Say, I got to run. He didn't. He didn't want to say um, that he was voting against her premier. And because he had collective response, as minister, he had to go with what the majority in cabinet was going with. At no point in time did anyone say on the floor that cabinet had met and decided to allow a conscience vote. So he was just simply following the law. Mm, okay. That's what he was doing. All right. Early election system. All right. All right. Um, J- uh, Kevin, go ahead and take over. Um, rebook your meeting because we want to chat today. Let me do the meeting. It might not take long and I'll try to come back. Okay. Replace Sabrina's thing. Sit back. Enjoy. It was actually Diane says early election. Juliet says no, I think. Um, today it is warranted, says resident curse away. <laughs> your sailors got to stick together. Ms. Bonnie says yes, definitely says yes, Della. Um, no weed, no vote, says Junior. Well, you can forget about that. Um, who else is voting? Juju have that iron frock, <laughs> Cameron. Oh my God. Curtis Conley for the Brax says Junior. The new premier is the most bland, colorless, with zero personality. Juliana's premier says Darlene Glidden. Yes, my darling. What a hot mess. Daniel says, what us Caymanians need to do? Kevin, you want to read some of these comments? It's to stop voting in the same old fools over and over again. I'll leave it at that. You better believe it, Daniel. I'm waiting for a riot, says Jason. Oh, Lord, don't tell him that because they'll be running and crying. Like, like, um, like what's her name? Tell me she's, had, she's gotten threats. 
um, where her name is? Kathy. I didn't get to talk about her today, but wait till tomorrow because she's a damn liar. Miss <sighs> um, Janet says she was a premier for three months of a minority government that came about because Alden convinced a group of them to take down Mac, the then premier saying PPM would work with them. Of course, PPM didn't join them. So we had a minority government. Governor Taylor swore them in under his executive power against the constitution. What a hot mess. Um, I don't think anybody actually sees Juliana as an effective premier when she was in for the three months. And we don't see her as an effective education minister and most everybody, except I guess the Brackers who keep voting her in, but they never had much of a choice. Let's be frank, they're sick and tired of her too. Anyway, I gotta really go. Stay tuned. Thank you for giving me this opportunity and allow me to rise this afternoon. And I want to start by acknowledging what a privilege it is and honor to serve the people of my country, both as an MP for a prospect and as a minister responsible for two of the largest ministries being health, wellness, and home affairs. Madam Speaker, we are on the floor of this parliament today not to pass legislation that might lower the cost of living or pass the 2024-2025 budget. But it bothers me that we have been brought down here to debate a motion of no confidence in the government of the Cayman Islands. I've listened to the justifications of the motion, Madam Speaker. I've listened to the evidence and some of the reasons as to why, you know, this is supposedly good for our country. We are here in this honorable house because we are supposed, and we are elected to serve the people. Are we listening to the people, hearing the people, understanding that right this second, we are at a crossroads where based on this motion and why we're here, the opportunity presents itself based on evidence made and amongst ourselves, whether we consider to reconstruct who the people have voted for to make this government, or do we create, in my words, a hybrid of a new government because of dismays? We don't know based on what is here. But is that what the people want? Have we gotten it right? Have the people gotten it right? But we're here to debate that today. 
When I consider the, the circumstances that we've inherited as first-time politicians, many of us, like myself, embarked on this journey, Madam Speaker, to make a difference. And if it's anybody know the game of politics and democracy, Sabrina Teresa Turner can tell you that. For what I endured for the first seven days, if there's one person who knows the definition of democracy and the people will have their say, is Sabrina Teresa Turner. And I've done no different as I stand here today. I have to listen to the people. They have to be proven that their voice matter, that their vote matters. Contrary to what we feel, how we think, at the end of the day, this is the job that we signed up for to be of service to our people. Those, you know, we took this on in an unprecedented situation. A global pandemic, the close of borders, soon thereafter, the war in Ukraine, Madam Speaker, the highest inflation in more than 20 years increased cost of fuel. And as my colleague on the other side stated, more to come. And our country was changing faster than ever. Madam Speaker, those are just some of the circumstances this administration had to face. Label us how you want. The fact that we are a group of independents, we had to come together to form, yes, this coalition government. In those circumstances, Madam Speaker, it was to be expected that there would be choppy waters to navigate. Anytime you are trying to do something new, completely brand new in this setting, under difficult circumstances, it's going to be challenging. No one said sitting on this side of parliament, it was alluded to right here today, was going to be easy. No one said it if you're giving of service to everyone. It's not going to be easy. We set out to do something that had never, ever been done before. Why? The people say we did not want the previous construct. A full coalition of independence, but it was what the people wanted, Madam Speaker. The people did not want, and I'm hearing that loud, a PPM-led government. The people of this country wanted 
and wants a government that would be people first. They were hurting. They saw where they needed leaders who would care and to be compassionate. For once, balance needs and the economy. Yes, the economy has to grow and prosper. But what is the economy if Caymanians are falling and hurting? We cannot continue to grow, in all honesty, Madam Speaker, if our people are left behind. And from what I'm seeing, Madam Speaker, that is why we are where we are today. Debating this, Madam Speaker, puts us in a very awkward position. Have I ever seen myself on this floor, at this juncture, doing this right now? Have I ever even envisioned this? No, but it's democracy. It's how parliament works. And we're here not only to defend what we have done in such a short time, but we're also here to defend whether or not our leader is fit to continue in the post. Am I not right? What is the biggest factor? Is although we are elected to serve, some way, somehow we have to remain loyal to what the voters are saying. Take it all you want. Beat me up on the campaign. Right now, this is not a campaign. This is the survival of what has never, ever been done before, Madam Speaker. We have never been given a chance. We were failed from the get-go. We were branded as color prejudiced, uneducated, all sorts of names were thrown at us, Madam Speaker. It brought us to tears. I have never ever embarked on an exercise to do a budget with the people in the front that has been so difficult. Something is wrong. We can't be fighting for a people budget and get this. And then you got to tell me that today is about loyalty versus disloyalty. This is about truth versus lies, Madam Speaker. Our service is to be for people versus commitment to ambition, power, and greed, Madam Speaker. Where is P-E-O-P-L-E -E in that? Non-existent. Talk about us all you want. Talk about us individually how you want. So what? When you're elected to serve the people, it comes with a job. You use that wood to light your fire. 
because the talk will not stop. Because one of these days, they can stop talking and take notes. Because it's obviously we're doing something right. When we're supposed to be here, trying to deal with a budget, if there was absolutely anything about caring for people, lowering the cost of living, bringing this motion to the floor. Why it never happened after the budget? Aren't we elected to make sure that our country can run? Debate the budget, but allow us to at least get the budget done for the next two years. Vote us out then. Let the people vote us out, but give us money now so that at least we can keep paying the bills. It is blocked because of this. We have civil servants here that is helping guide us through making sure we don't fall foul of the FFR. And this is what we do. We got a hurricane in our neighborhood, and this is what we do. How you can tell me you're the voice for the voiceless? Hope for the hopeless? You better keep over on this side if you know what's good for you. Because I tell you who's listening. The world is listening. And if you think we got problems yet, you will see the truth in our people. The silent majority when it comes to Caymanians must no longer talk in the shadows because many a times us first-time politicians in here wonder how we doing because we only hear the negative. The time has come that we need to celebrate our wins for such a short time. Be proud of what this first time never been done before construct has been able to deliver. I plead to my people, I plead for my colleagues, allow us to finish our term. Just allow us to serve the people and let the people have their say come 2025. Politics is local. But it's international too. It is a crying sheen that those who we have allowed to be here with us, looking at the accomplishments of my colleague to get us off a 20 year gray list, and this is what we do. And I don't want to talk about stability. That is D U N E D. Done. I ain't dumb, can't know how to spell it. But this is what's going on. I am ashamed when I know we are here today and hear the utterances in the background, a bunch of clowns. Can't even appreciate what we're doing. You know why we can't get a lot of our wins out on the floor? Because we busy working. We showing up to our ministries. We showing up to work. We're on time. We read our cabinet papers. 
we research our cabinet papers and we challenge what we do not agree with. I am on my phone, yes, because I'm speaking with my ministry staff. Remember, this is not about personal attacks here today. This is talking about competence. Statesmen and women. And this is the wrong place to show your Olympic skills because this is not a track. You got to be dedicated and stop this flip, flopping, jumping, running, and scheming. Be who you have stood on your campaign form and show the people who you are. Because right now, I'm telling you what, many in here are in trouble if this goes to an early election. You may buy, you may scheme, but our Caymanians are tired of monopolizing. We are tired of aggregate. We are tired of the sofa politician, the fifth politician. We are out for true leaders. Enough is enough. I have every right to defend my stance along with my colleagues. You know why I'm different, Madam Speaker? I was the one on the other end of we put you there, you're going to stay there. That's democracy, Madam Speaker. And until my people say move, I ain't got no way to go. If it even means that some of my colleagues are going to flip and be Olympians today, I am prepared to sit in the opposition. The Lord will provide. But if you think that's good for our country, move if you think you're bad. Because the people got to take care of you. And if we're going to move forward as of today, call us what you want. You better stay true to this side of the fence. We can no longer play this game. Our youth depend on us. The future depends on us. Our elderly depends on us. And you can't tell me I don't know about, and I don't care about pension, and I don't care about health care. That's under my responsibility. Those legislations are under me. You can't tell me that I don't care for garbage, and how DEH functions, and care for the prisoners. You can't tell me that. That's under my remit. This is facts. This is the truth. Don't tell me I don't understand what it is to go one month worrying how I can pay my light bill. You think it changed now because I'm a minister? Only now I asking for extension on my CUC bill. You think I am going to sit with a government who never want the best for the people? What? I ain't no different from anybody else. I feel in it too. You think I'm going to sit up for a government and don't try to make sure that we can deal with interest rates, cost of living? I go to supermarkets recently more to help people than myself. Hard to do it for myself. Because why? I put people first. Today is done. The flip 
flopping, the theatrics need to stop. Words are wind. Judge us by our performance. Judge us by our outcomes. These waters that we have navigated because the people chose this construct has not been easy, God knows. But we continue to deliver. Give us a chance. I don't want to miss the essence of what is at hand here today because this floor allows me two hours. It ain't worth it. Because the message is clear that Sabrina Teresa Tunner, Tunner, ain't going nowhere. And I ain't gonna make nobody threaten me that if some people walk, run, flip to go on the other side, I ain't gonna get reelected. Are the people the prospect? That's what democracy is. But I will continue to deliver until the people says otherwise. I will do it with integrity and I will follow and I will be loyal. That's one thing they can't question me about. I am all about, yes, loyal to the people loyal to the people who have elected me to serve. And this formation forces us to work together because I don't see them as individuals. I see them as their constituencies. And that needs to be reflected on this floor. Not selfishness, not greed, not ego, not gender. Let's come together for the sake of our country and its people and not self. Let's be fair. Let's be balanced. Let's do things above board, Madam Speaker. There's a saying that goes, if you can't take the heat in the kitchen, come out. But I can tell you what. I'm not coming out to the people of Prospect and the wider Cayman Islands say, it's time to go. And I have done nothing wrong, personally, that warrants me deconstructing what's here. I have been supported by a premier who has been accused of being prejudiced, self-centered, even tried to be corrupt. If he's not fit for the post, let the DPP do their job now. But in the meantime, we got a country to run. We got people with feelings. We got people who are going to sleep without light, without water, without food. We got children who deserves a future. This needs to stop. Now, bring statesmanship and back to our House of Parliament. Bring real debate to the floor that will make impactful change on the lives of for today and setting precedence 
for tomorrow. The truth hurts. Makes you sneeze too. Maybe that's a sign. And you will need to apologize. The joke is over. This is not a joke. People's lives are at risk here. We're talking about mental health, public health. This stuff will bring all sorts of stress on people. I know what the people of this country went through this weekend from Friday. The speculations. And to have utterances naming the new minister of health? Really? Not if the people got anything to do with it. Not today. I will defend this role as long as there is democracy. I will not throw anybody under the bus, but I will defend my integrity. I will defend my, deform my performance, and I will defend my colleagues on this side. Now, whether this event is a rude awakening of setting the path for the way we knew forward, let's make that on the floor of Parliament, the same place that we swore up there to serve the people of this country. Stop the shenanigans, for God's sake. Let's come together. Let's be the group of change. Let's be and continue to be the government that was centered around truthfully for its people. I will leave with this. It is a statement or a short quote from Warren Buffett. And I need you to listen closely. He states, and I quote, Look for three things in a person. One, intelligence. Two, energy. Three, integrity. If they don't have the last one, don't even bother with the first two. I will go down when it comes to morals and integrity because money can't buy that. Uh, speaker, I prayed hard over the weekend and through the night and this morning about this vote. The T in PAC stands for transparency. And I'll be transparent with the public when we caucused last night and were asking for positions on the vote tonight, told my colleagues the honest truth that I had 
reservations. Rather, reservations because we did, as the member for Bodentown West suggested earlier in his speech, that in those days of forming the government after the April 2021 general election, a week I probably will never want to relive in my life. But we did form for a noble cause that a group of collective free thinkers could pay strong attention to the grassroots and give it greater attention focus on social and community issues, and it is a noble cause. It remains so. But at the same time, when you hold high office, Madam Speaker, you have a duty and an obligation to exhibit respect, professional conduct and collaboration. That might not be fair, but that is our obligation. We are to lead by example. And if there has been any success internationally or locally, it's not just by the merit of work that the government performed, it's by its conduct and how people perceive you. In those aspects, I don't think I could honestly look you in the face, Madam Speaker, and say that the government hasn't had its shortcomings on those counts. It is true. We have to acknowledge it. We have to face it. We have to confront it squarely. It is true what the member for Red Bay has suggested, that there are civil servants who are more stressed than they've ever been. I've been there. It's not easy to present to caucus on a good day. It's nerve-wracking. You don't want to let down your minister. You don't want to let down your chief officer. You don't want to let down the DG. And at best, at minimum, I should say, they deserve respect in their presentations. And then you end up in an awkward position because you don't want to talk over another minister and you end up letting it slide. But that means that persons like me, who know better, also bear responsibility. We can't have a situation, and in this case, as the member for Georgetown South has said, I'm not telling tales out of school. There are things that have happened right here on the floor of this house for the entire world to see where you have 
a cabinet that seems it battle with itself, un unprecedented. So we have to face these issues. And the reason why they matter is because there's a connection between that and carrying out policy objectives. I think if, if the DG was here, I think he quotes Peter Drucker, that strategy, the culture eats strategy every time. So you cannot achieve all that you could. And yes, we've had solid achievements. But if you don't get the culture right, it hinders even higher achievement. We cannot have a situation where when we formed in April 2021, that the rationale was to have those collective thinkers that could speak freely, converse with each other, respect each other. We have to do that in order to achieve even more for our people. The leader of the opposition laid out two paths because the arithmetic must be fixed. You can't deny that. Either, my note is correct, a new PPM-led government, or second, a reformulated pact. And whether that, take names and faces out of it, whether that reformulation is different people in different posts is just the start of it. It's more so us committing as a group to a better culture. So my prayer is that if we're going to fulfill all the challenges that lie ahead, no need to recap them, they've already been said here throughout the night. I will put my hand up to say, I need to do better. I need to call things out when I see it. I need to step in and be a larger voice with my experience to say, I've been on the other end of that table. That's not good. That doesn't exemplify higher office. And it's hindering better performance. Now, we've had cycles of this in this government. And yes, we'll have these junctures where there's a, a threat of movement on one side of the aisle. We come back together. We pray. We say it's not going to happen again. And then it happens again. And now it's 9-9. But I will commit today my colleagues, as difficult as this is, that if I step up and you all step up, we can fulfill the mission we started. 
And that includes collaboration with the opposition. And the proof is in the pudding. There, there are signs of it. To give credit where credit was due, I told the leader of the opposition I would say so when he congratulated the AG and I on Cayman's removal from the gray list. He participated too. I called him and asked him would he come to the governor's reception for the on-site team that was checking things out with their own eyeballs, and he came. The purpose wasn't to put on a charade, it was to show the visitors that on these types of issues, when it comes to exhibiting strong compliance, there's no political game being played on either side of the aisle. He conversed with them, we talked about it afterwards, and look, it ends up for us to be a stronger, stronger country for it. But instead of now planning, Madam Speaker, business promotional trips, because I've read articles where different markets have begun to open up because we're off of the gray list. There's publications that Cayman Finance sent out where markets such as India and Latin America that used to have us as high risk are now gonna allow some of our transactions. So instead of planning those business trips, thinking ahead, trying to figure out the revenue measures, we're here. And not because of anything complicated. One of, one of the strong supporters that I have said, you all's problem are you. Not really the other side. You all's problem is you. And I don't know any other way to put up a pretense I have to be honest. So, since we've had cycles before, I'm gonna be honest with my colleagues and say when I prayed this morning, the thought and the whisper in my ear, which I believe was the Holy Spirit, was to say, don't just look at them, look at yourself and say, how can you help? But know this, my, the sternest notice that I can give the group, that I'm serious this time, I'll do my part, and if everybody chips in, we can reform somehow and get it together and exceed expectations. But I am going to show how serious I am that when that as I'm sure a division will be called, when that tense moment for division comes, the public will know why I will abstain. And then, if we do not make it, and there is some crash, some scandal, from here there won't be any long letters to you or the governor. There won't be any me expounding on any breakfast shows. It'll be a two-line resignation to say, I would have to put the country first. God bless the Cayman Islands. God bless this team. I don't believe that God put something together that was supposed to fail. 
So let's come together. We have the ideas. We have the heart. We need to improve our culture. God bless, Madam Speaker. Question now is, be it now therefore resolved that Parliament does declare a lack of confidence in the government. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those against, please say no. No. Madam Speaker, can we have a division? Madam Clerk, please proceed with the division. Honorable Wien Panton? Honourable Juliana Connor Connolly, abstain. Honourable Kenneth Bryan, no. Honourable Sabrina Turner, no. Honourable Johanny Ebanks, no. Honourable Andre Ebanks, abstain. Honourable Bush, no. Honourable Hannah Button, no. Honorable Isaac Rankin? No. Honorable Roy McTaggart? Yes. Honorable Joseph, Mr. Joseph Hugh? Aye. Mr. Dwayne Seymour? Aye. Honorable McKeever Bush? Aye. Mr. Moses Kirkunnell? Aye. Ms. Barbara Connolly? Aye. Honorable Sir Alden McLaughlin? Aye. Is it David White? Aye. Mr. Christopher Saunders? Abstain. The results of division number 21 for private member motion number 10 of 2022-2023. Lack of confidence in the government. Eight ayes, seven noes, and three abstentions. The ayes have it. In accordance with the
Section 51, one of the Constitution, which requires two-thirds votes of elected members of Parliament for a lack of confidence motion to be passed. Therefore, there has to be 12 ayes. In Thirteen. My apologies. Thirteen. As the as the motion has eight eyes, it has failed. For the avoidance of doubt, the eyes have it, but the motion has failed. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 